This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. To renew our sacred vow, never forget. Never forget. Shut up. We never forget. Shut up. We honor the lives Liar. lost, and we have a commitment um, to never forget. We have evolved as the threats have evolved, and America remains secure today. The reality is that the Biden administration and their propagandists in the mainstream media are intentionally downplaying the fact that the 9-11 attack on our country was carried out by jihadists who are continuing to carry out a crusade to impose Islamic caliphates throughout the world, including the United States. We're living on borrowed time. We're li- I mean, like today, mm-hmm. uh, two and a half million have come across that uh, border illegally. Uh, how easy is it for a terrorist or a group of terrorists to get in the middle of these migrants? The border patrol is overrun. I have to be honest with New Yorkers on what we're about to experience, the financial uh, typhoon, the tsunami uh, that I don't think this city has ever experienced. At this time, we are also asking all of our agencies to submit a plan to reduce their city-funded spending in each year of our financial plan by 5% for our upcoming November budget update, by another 5% in January's preliminary budget. And by a final 5% in April's executive budget. Protection breaks down and time runs out. Down goes Rodgers in the sack for Leonard Floyd. So now Rodgers sits down. A loss of 10 on the play. And hopefully the Jets are thinking that's the only loss on that play. He had the, the calf issue in training camp. And he's coming out of the game. Not good. is cream the name of the song i think is born under a bad sign is that right lois that is affirmative said rosenberg born under a bad sign by cream (laughs) you know one of the reasons why i decided to do this and not continue my legendary sports talk career was that between wfan new york at one point i was on 73 stations across america talking sports was because of all these stupid things sports people talk about. Superstitions, curses, all that nonsense. Besides the dribble every day. This guy's better than that guy. He's great. He's not great. All that stuff. It just wore on me. And I used to hate when people would call and talk about a curse. It's stupid. The Jets are cursed, folks. Bottom line. They're cursed. If you don't know now. They're cursed. <laughs> 
I don't want to hear Joe Nolan, oh, you Debbie Downers, we won the game. Who cares? You won the game. The quarterback was awful. Garrett Wilson made a spectacular play. You returned a punt for a touchdown. This kid can't win a high school game. You're going to beat Miami? I mean, the good news for the Jets is Josh Allen has been horrendous. Horrendous. Even dating back to last year's playoff game against Cincinnati. Four more picks last night, three to Whitehead. The good news is the Bills are really overrated. But the Jets season is over. You can't win with Zach Wilson. I know how great that Jet defense is, trust me. I mean, I think Reed may have jumped the gun just a little comparing it to the 85 Bears. But they're really good. They are. They're a great defense. Great. They're not going to win the division and or win the Super Bowl with Zach Wilson at quarterback. I know the Bears did it with Jim McMahon, but honestly, Jim McMahon wasn't nearly as bad. It wasn't great, but nearly as bad as lots of folks made him out to be. They did have Walter Payton. He was pretty good. But it's over. It's done. I mean, you think about it. What a brutal first week for NFL football. You look at the expectations. The Giants gave Daniel Jones $160 million. I got news for you. Daniel Jones didn't lose the game on Sunday. The offensive line was brutal. He didn't have a second to throw, but he wasn't good. And he's been severely outplayed in the last two games, dating back to the playoffs, by Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott. And who are the two guys that Daniel Jones has to beat? Yes, Daniel Jones. I know it's the Giants. Who does he have to beat to have a good season? Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott. The last two games, Eagles and Dallas, not even competitive. They come out into this offseason, giving Jones a fortune, Barkley $11 million for one year, these wide receivers and all this nonsense, and lose 40 to nothing. And maybe they turn it around next week in Arizona. The good news is the Cardinals don't have Kyler Murray. They saw the backup quarterback, Dobbs, starting on Sunday, so it's a good opportunity for the Giants to win. But that was more than just a bad loss week one. Mike Baccaro nailed it in yesterday's New York Post. Season's not over, but, man, it has not been good dating back to last year's playoffs. And then you get the Jets. Aaron Rodgers, here we go. First time since Namath. Everybody bought in. I know there's some... Idiots out there. He's going to get hurt week one. They're actually celebrating today. If you're celebrating Aaron Rodgers' injury today, you're stupid. Don't do that. Oh, I told you. I told you. Told me what? Give me a break. But the truth is, he's gone. He ain't coming back this year. And at 39 years old, he ain't coming back at 40 or 41 to be that great quarterback he was in Green Bay. The Aaron Rodgers era is basically over after four games. Four, excuse me, four games, four snaps, four Four snaps. (laughs) So the Giants embarrass themselves, dating back to last year's playoffs, the second consecutive game against their big two division rivals, and the Jets lose their quarterback, their Hall of Fame quarterback for the year. Week one. Unbelievable. You can't even make it up. So if you did uh, miss what that place sounded like it was in the open. But if you want to hear it one more time, I'm not sure why you would. Did he actually uh, cut this up, Alec? the injury play? 20, yeah, it's the 21. last time. 21. All right, here it is one more time. This is Aaron Rodgers, the fifth snap on offense, 
Heading back to pass, he makes a bit of a spin move trying to elude the Buffalo Bill defender. He goes down, not at all a violent hit. Looked fine, gets up, sits down, season over. Projection breaks down and time runs out. Down goes Rodgers in the sack for Leonard Floyd. So now Rodgers sits down. A loss of 10 on the play, and hopefully the Jets are thinking that's the only loss on that play. He had the, the calf issue in training camp. And he's coming out of the game. He'll have his MRI later on today, but everyone seems to know he snapped his ACL, and that is, at the very least, a one-year injury. So there it is, week one of the NFL for the Jets and the Giants. The Jets, they've got Dallas on the road next week. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys look like the best team ever Sunday night in New Jersey. We'll see if that continues next week. Jets and Zach Wilson in Dallas, 425 p.m. kickoff on Sunday. And the Mets also, the Mets, the Giants also a late game, 405 on Sunday in Arizona against the Cardinals. Now, let's get to the politics yesterday. This lion son of a bitch. This creep, this disgusting human being who millions and millions and millions of you voted for for the presidency, this um, Joe Biden, yesterday to me, of all his lies and all his nonsense, yesterday to me may have been the very worst. This may have been the very worst because I take 9-11 very seriously. As you heard yesterday, when somebody tried to do something with the show, I wasn't alerted about it and I was pissed. And I still did it my way, and I would do it again today, just so you know. 9-11, I take very seriously because I was here. I know it's an American tragedy. Lives were lost in Washington, D.C., Pennsylvania, and New York. But New York, we took this very personally. Nearly all of the 3,000 people that died that day died right here in lower Manhattan. We were the central target. And I knew people in Windows on the World that morning including my friend Ari, whose wife gave birth to his baby son literally nine days after he died in that building. So I take it very personally. So I don't want to hear people lie about it. If you were here to help, God bless you. If you died that day in those buildings, God bless you. If you suffered with a disease since and you're struggling today, God bless you. If you died Over the last 22 years, God bless you. But to say you took part or you were here when you weren't, you're a disgrace. And all the lies this president has told you, and you Democrat media continue to run cover for him, defend him. If you're a New Yorker, what he did yesterday, you should never, ever, ever, ever forgive. First of all, he's the only president that I know of that is not here, here in New York on 9-11. He couldn't be further away. He was in Alaska, Alaska, a ceremony for 9-11 in Alaska. Even Sarah Palin, who lives there, was here. (laughs) This son of a gun, this president was in Alaska. And then he gives you the whopper. Claiming he was here on 9-12. Joe Biden, cut number 17. To renew our sacred vow, never forget, never forget, we never forget 
each of us, each of those precious lives stolen too soon when evil attacked. Ground Zero in New York. And I remember standing there the next day and looking at the building. I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastating. What was wrong with that comment? I remember standing there in front of that building on September the 12th. Looked like the gates of hell. What was wrong with that comment? My sister Alana and the rest of you Democrats that hate Donald Trump because he's a liar but love Joe Biden. You know what's wrong with that comment? He was never here. He was in Washington, D.C. voting on a resolution. That bastard actually used 9-11, used 9-11 as a talking point. 3,000 of our beautiful people died that day for doing nothing more than going to work. And this low-life president, this low-life, used it as a talking point. He was never here on September the 12th. Of all the whoppers where he graduated in his school, all the places and people that he actually claims he was with on certain days that never happened, he lied about being here in New York the day after the worst tragedy in this country's history. And now, my guy out of Rockland County, the king of Rockland County, the great Mike Lawler, he just texted me early this morning. And thank you, Mike, for the nice text yesterday. Mike really enjoyed yesterday's show. Enjoy may be the wrong word, but he appreciated it. He says, hey, Sid, equally bad to lying. This is Mike Lawler. He announced a $6 billion deal with Iran to Congress yesterday. The biggest state sponsor of terrorism. And you don't got to tell me, Mike, I'm Jewish. And if there's one country in the world today that would love to obliterate the state of Israel, it's Iran. That's why I never forgave Barack Obama, lying garbage, John Kerry, lying garbage. And, of course, Joe Biden was part of that administration. Now he's part of this one because I still think Obama runs the country. But, yes, Mike Lawler, you're right. He did announce, I guess, the is it the new Iran deal? A $6 billion deal with Iran to Congress yesterday on 9-11. 9-11, when we're worried about the future of terrorism in this country. And he announces billions and billions of dollars to Iran. I mean, he can't be that tone deaf. He just doesn't care. And lots of folks were on this show yesterday, Rudy Giuliani, Governor Pataki, Peter King, every one of them said the same thing. There will be another terrorist attack in New York. Maybe not as orchestrated as 9-11, maybe not as many dead, but a very bad day is coming. There's no doubt about it. Lindsey Graham talked about that yesterday quite a bit. In fact, let's play this. This is Lindsey Graham, Lewis, cut number 13, talking about the migrants and how we're going to get hit. Lindsey, cut number 13. We're living on borrowed time. We're, I mean, like today, mm-hmm. uh, two and a half million have come across that uh, border illegally. Uh, how easy is it for a terrorist or a group of terrorists to get in the middle of these migrants? The border patrol is overrun. They, they, they're processing millions of people, so that leaves the border exposed. That leaves the border exposed. How many people talked about that yesterday? Here, Eric Adams 
is going on and on about the money, the mayor, $12 billion. Anybody, raise your hand, Noam Layden and Lou Ruffino, in the studio. Raise your hand if you're sick and tired of hearing from Eric Adams about just about anything at this point. All three. Everybody's raising their hands. Eric Adams talks now. It's like Charlie Brown. Womp, 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 womp. What good is it to tell us, hey, we're dead. It's going to cost us billions of dollars. I can't stop it. We don't want to hear that. You're the mayor. We want to hear solutions, dickface. Yes, I called the mayor a dickface. Send me home. I don't care. I'm watching this guy on TV. He's supposed to be out there yelling and screaming for me. He's supposed to make me feel confident they're going to figure out a way to change this. You're not doing that. No, we're dead. Ah, listen, billions of dollars, and I can't stop it. And what do you want me to do? The federal government, not Joe Biden. You say Joe Biden's name. The federal government. I mean, I'm shocked, Noam Layden, that you raised your hand. That says a lot. All, all kidding aside, we joke around with Noam, but you're not exactly a conservative. You're not exactly Rush Limbaugh. I think you liked the mayor or liked, but you raised your hand very, very quickly. What does that say? All it says is it doesn't seem to be any kind of plan with the migrants. That's the big story, of course. Now they're talking about cutting uh, the budgets of all the city agencies by 5% come November 10th. Does that, does that mean cops, too? I have to imagine yeah. it means yes. cops, right? Yeah, it's police. It's everything. Yes. Schools, police, uh, firefighters. Every single city agency has been told to look for cuts of up to 5%. They say there's going to be no layoffs, but then they want to do 10% next year. And it's all predicated on whether they get money from the feds or from the state, which They're doesn't... They're not think, getting. Right. So then those cuts are definitely going to happen. He knows for a fact, this is where the mayor is lying, it's been told, Arthur Idala blew it right on this show. His administration has told him that Joe Biden said, you're not getting a penny till after the 2024 election. He knows that already. Keeps talking about money. He ain't getting money. These uh, proposed budget cuts that Noam just mentioned, which it does include police, fire, everything, on Channel 11, picks 11 on Sunday. Here's where Adams basically said, oh, well, time for budget cuts. Cut number three. Everything is on the table now. You know, think about this for a moment. Yeah. We're talking $12 billion. Yeah. <laughs> $12 billion of running He's our laughing. city. Sanitation, <laughs> police, education, <laughs> libraries. Everything that we about. have to run the city. There's a minimum amount of money. Stop the cut right here. I want you to go back to the beginning of this cut. And when he mentions the $12 billion and the budget cuts, maybe I heard it wrong. I think I heard Eric Adams laugh. Play it again. Everything is on the table now. You know, think about this for a moment. Yeah. We're talking $12 billion. Yes. <laughs> $12 billion. Uh, of stop money. it right there. Uh, Noam, what part of $12 billion is funny? I mean, I think I'm a pretty funny guy. Funny how, Joe Pesci? Yeah. What exactly about that uh, required a laugh from the mayor? Nothing. I mean, if you think about cuts or cuts, that can't. none of that can be good. Jeez. You know, one other story that's really piqued my interest has nothing to do with 9-11, this lying president or this idiot mayor, is this convict in Pennsylvania, this killer. So he escaped a prison in Pennsylvania. And uh, maybe my timeline is not perfect, but I think this guy's been out there for two weeks. Can somebody explain to me how a guy with no money, nowhere to go, has been out there for two weeks and we can't find him? Now they're saying they believe he's got a gun. 
which he didn't have when he initially left the prison. But the latest there, no. Yeah, it seems that there may be people who are helping him. It's his name's Danello Cavalcante. He had just been found guilty of murdering, savagely murdering his girlfriend, stabbed her like thirty-eight times in front of his kids, in front of their Jeez. kids. Right. That's what he was in prison for. He got out, uh, and some of this is bumbling uh, police work. That's the suggestion here that maybe he should have never been able to get out of prison because one person had done the exact same thing a short period of time before that. So uh, somebody at the prison's been fired now who should have been watching when he got out that day. And there's uh, home security footage of Cavacante on the porch of a home. There's also uh, he stole a van from a dairy farm over the weekend, ditched it when it ran out of gas. Uh, and he's been on the loose for two weeks. And you're right. He's showed up in different clothing. Um, there's a suggestion maybe his sister has helped him and that oh. some friends have helped him along the way. Yeah, he got a haircut, too. They've got before and after pictures. He looks great. Went to the salon, got his nails done, got a massage. Uh, but he's treated like every other criminal in the United States. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, you know, even amazing is they, they think he made it his way all the way to Longwood Gardens, which is this botanical garden, and stole vegetables from there, uh, sustenance, you know, something yes. to eat. Well, he broke into some guy's house, and all he stole was vegetables and fruit. So I'm glad to know this guy is eating healthy. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah he didn't go for the hostess cupcakes. Right, I mean, I'd be taking ring dings and all <laughs> yeah, kinds of right. stuff. <laughs> Son of a gun. This guy stabbed her 38 times. Unbelievable. Okay, big, big show about to come your way. Perfect that Mike Lawler texted me this morning. So much going on. He's the perfect guy to talk to. So we're going to talk to my man out of Rockland County, Mike Lawler. He's coming up at 645. Rich Lowry, usually on Mondays. You're going to be on 740 today. My main man, Bo Deedle, still on vacation. Rich Lowry coming up at 740. Nicole Maliotakis coming up at 805. There's a very big, Noam, special election. A special assembly election in Queens today. And my guy is uh, David Hirsch. He's running against Sam Berger. you got to vote for David Hirsch. We'll get to that with both Curtis and Nicole. 840, the pride of South Carolina. The lovely Nancy Mace will join me. And then the highlight of it all coming up at 930. After the disastrous night for the Jets, they won the game. But who cares? The great WFAN legend Joe Beningo coming up at 930. Odds are he's going to be a little upset. Big Tuesday morning show with your favorite talk show in New York City, around the country. That's us, Sid and Friends in the Morning, exclusively on Talk Radio 77, W-A-B-C. I wouldn't have no luck at all. What a disgrace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GoboLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Oh, you're my best friend. Boy. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. Getting back to Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, is this the year that Joe Beningo can finally exhale? It's been about 54 years. Well, if if, it, if they won, then Joe Beningo, I mean, he'll lose all of his personality. Because <laughs> he won't be able to cry and moan right. about the Jets. That's right. It's true. You know, you say that, but he becomes irrelevant, Joe Beningo. He's irrelevant. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? Hey, yo, oh, now I'm going to start complaining about the, uh, let's see, what team? The Mets. Oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> But You're right. you got to admit, hey, Sid, he's hilarious. Uh, first oh, off, he's just he's oh, the he's best. hilarious. Let me tell you, on a Monday morning after a bad Jet loss, a Joe Beningo oh. rant fill is as good as anything you ever hear. Ever. Ever. Yeah. He, he, listen, Sid, he spares no one. He'll kill the coach, players, he don't care. And then he'll occasionally just rip into the fans and just crush them too. So. <laughs> I keep a close watch on this heart of mine I keep my eyes wide open all the time I keep the ends out for the tie that fine Because you're mine, I walk the line I find myself alone when each day's through. Yes, I'll admit that I'm a fool for you. Because you're mine, I walk the line. That was the great giant quarterback, now part of the NFL today. I didn't realize they added uh, J.J. Watt to that crew, but they did. So now you got uh, Boomer, Phil, J.J., Burleson, Cower, and J.B. Phil Sims was on this show on Friday, and we talked about Beningo, and the reason why I played that is coming up at 9.30 this morning, the great aforementioned Joe Beningo. Big, big show all day today. Mike Lawler, Curtis Sliwa, Rich Lowry, Nicole Maliotakis, Nancy Mace, and uh, and Joe. And if you're just waking up, the Jets won last night. Doesn't matter. They beat the Bills in overtime on a punt return by the rookie Xavier Gibson. The big story is Aaron Rodgers done. The MRI will make it official this morning. Four snaps as a New York Jet. That's his career stat history for the Jets. Four snaps. Did he complete a pass? I didn't see it. So. No. No. <laughs> I think, I think he back once, handed him. Brees Hall looked good, though. No, that's he did I, look great. That, that yeah, that's good news. And look, Brees suffered kind of the same injury, I guess. It was, no, he tore his uh, ACL. ACL, yeah. Right, right. The problem with Aaron is he's just too old, so. That uh, that's going to be over right there. Well, how, where does it go down in like uh, in in I guess on the list of greatest New York bus? 
Oh, it's not a bust. He got hurt. Well, it is, but it is. He came here. and then, No, no, know. it's not a bust. Don't say that. Right. No, if he goes out there and plays badly, the Nets were a bust. You know, when right. you put together Durant and Harden and uh, who's that asshole that went to uh, Dallas? Uh, Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bust. So that I was, got hurt. He got hurt. What do you want the guy to do? That was pornography for me. Yeah. Oh, no. It was what about a letdown? You, oh, yeah. you can call it a letdown. I loved well, it. It's a letdown. It's, yeah. it's, it's disappointing. It's kind of sad, I guess. People are like, oh, screw him. He's making a billion dollars. Aaron Rodgers wanted to win here. Aaron wanted to be here. I never got the feeling that Brett Favre loved it here, came here, and won nine games. He got hurt, too, but not nearly as badly. But it's kind of like Vinny Testaverde. Don't forget the Jets. Went to the AFC Championship game. They almost went to the Super Bowl. A couple of bad fumbles by Curtis Martin and Keith Byers. That Testaverde team was primed to go to the Super Bowl. And the very next season, there were these huge expectations. Huge. And what happened week one? Then he got hurt, and he was done for the year. It got so bad for the Jets, I think the punter, Tom Tupa, had to play quarterback for a bit. They brought in Rick Myrer, all these losers. Ray Lucas, the Rutgers product, actually started late in the year and won games. And I think Bill Parcells even admitted he should have gone to Lucas earlier. But I remember that Testaverde team, and I'll bring this up with Vingo later, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, oh, my God, we almost went to the Super Bowl. Here we go. Week one against the Pats, Vinny was gone. And the same thing here with Aaron, so. They made that comparison, I think, on the broadcast. Oh, they did? I think they did. Buck Stop copying me. I'm not copying you. Well, why'd they do that? That's my That's my point. Well, they copied you. Well, who did the game last night? Aikman and Buck. Oh, that's right. They're on ESPN now, right? First game I'm all ESPN, confused. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Who did the Giant game Sunday? Was that Collinsworth? Uh, yes. I think it was, yeah. yes. But he's not without Michaels anymore. Michaels no. is on some bogus. No, it was the other ESPN dude. Mike Tarico. Uh, Mike Tarico. Yeah, yeah, he's a nice kid. I like Tarico. He's a nice guy. Yeah. That's a grown man, but okay. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> All right, we got a bunch of guests stopping by. I hate you. Traffic uh, with Joe Nolan, who's going to put a good spin on this because he's an idiot. God, he just, he just, he just, he can't be honest. It's just, it's impossible for Joe Nolan, who's a sweet man, to be honest. I just don't get it. Just do what everybody else is doing. Throw your hands up in the air, admit it's a curse, and get ready for a four-win season. So he's coming up next. Flying son of a gun that he is. God, I mean, he's, he's just, there's nothing authentic or, or, or even genuine about uh, Joe Nolan. He's, he's, he's so disingenuous, he's a liar. Wow, that, I think you went a little bit over the top, a little over the edge. I haven't even started yet. <laughs> Four snaps. That's all he took. That's it. God. Four. You could not have gone from the highest high that stadium was in. Yeah. As he came out with the oh, with the flag. flag? Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe if they went down and scored in five seconds on the first drive, right, and then he got hurt, then it would have maybe been worse. But that was uh, just getting nothing done. Nothing. And he is done in like. Well, I'm not two even going to bring it minutes. up to Nolan this morning. I'm just going to introduce him as a traffic guy and let him do his traffic. I mean, what am I going to do? Beat him up over? It's not Nolan's fault. Are yeah. you sure you'll introduce you, him totally normal? Yeah, they're fine. Yeah. And you're going to get up and walk away. Right. That's, yeah. Yes. No. Yeah, I felt badly for Joe today. I'm sure you didn't. <laughs> you just called him the most. Yeah. Because he's a liar. He, I heard him with uh, with, with uh, Noam in the 5 o'clock hour. Oh, you're a Debbie Downer. We won the game. Who cares about that stupid game last night? The Bills are shot anyway. Josh Allen is done. One game. You got 16 games to go with a kid who couldn't win a high school game at quarterback. 
Zach Wilson may be the worst quarterback in football, and he sucked last night. He's terrible. That, that interception was god awful. My awful. Right at him. Anyway, right so, now it's on. time. For Let's be, be positive. <laughs> Right now, who needs Boomer and Geo when you got us? Right now, it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Everything you need to know in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and get the max out of mini. Listen anytime on the 77 WABC app. Today's minicast is from the other side of midnight. My guy, Frank Morano, who somehow got to talk to Bill O'Reilly. I don't know how that happened, but they talked about 9-11, Murano and O'Reilly. How do you think it should be memorialized? Should it continue to be a national day of mourning as more and more people come of age who don't remember what happened 22 years ago? Do we need to rethink the approach to how we commemorate September 11th? No, we need to do the same thing we did at Pearl Harbor. Exactly the same. Every year is an anniversary, and we re-explain why this is important to the younger people and re- refresh the memories of everyone else. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built of boilers. What more can we say about the Jets game last night? They do pull out the win 22-16 to in overtime after the really ultra-bleak start they had to endure. And losing Aaron Rodgers on the first drive four games in of the game to an apparent Achilles tendon injury. Following Rodgers' exit, though, the Jets' defense, they showed they're good enough to carry this team themselves, maybe, forcing four Buffalo turnovers, including three Josh Allen picks, all of which were, as you heard Joe Nolan say, corralled by safety Jordan Whitehead. Nonetheless, without Rodgers and a lack of offensive production, this one was still knotted at 16 at the end of regulation, and that went, that was when entered rookie Xavier Gibson, who blew the top off of MetLife when he returned a punt 65 yards for the game-winning touchdown. Regarding Rodgers, though, that's the center point of this story. The Jets, you're the worst, but we'll get confirmation on the star quarterback's Achilles tendon later on today when he completes you know, uh, The more I think about what Joe Nolan just said, mm. handing out all those impressive statistics, the four interceptions, a brief all coming back from injury and... Maybe he's right. Maybe the Jets are going to be okay. Don't kid yourself. Well, I don't care. I mean, I'm a Giant fan. We suck anyway. But Yeah, but the Bills looked really I mean, they did not look good. I mean, no, they, that, yeah. that's not selling the well, defense maybe that's short. that's Jet but, defense. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, there, there, there's some high points on offense. He's still some, he has to play, some playmakers. Maybe Joe Nolan is right. Maybe still we still have just... the duo of Cook and, uh, and Cook and Hall. You see what they can do. Hand them the ball 50 right. times a game. Maybe the Jets are going back to the Super Bowl. Just hand it off in little flat passes to yeah. Delvin Cook. Why not? Garrett Wilson and um, Lizard. Yeah. And maybe Darren Waller will be 100% one of these days, too. For the Giants? Oh, good point. <laughs> He's on the other team, you moron. I'm getting mixed up here and, 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 and he actually caught three passes against Dallas he on did look Sunday good. night. He did look You're good. You're all over this. I'm all over You're it. about to replace Adam Schefter or some guy. We'll head to the Diamond now. That's where uh, I'm much better. The bets fall through 4-3 to three to the Diamondbacks at home in the first of four with Arizona. Up late in this one was Met Tommy Pham. He had a game-time home run in the eighth inning to finish a triple short of the cycle in his return to City Field before Kettle Marte secured the Arizona win with a go-ahead double in the ninth. New York will see if they can bounce back tonight in Game 2 with the D-backs set for a 7-10 p.m. first pitch. Jose Budo will get the start for the Mets there. As for the Yankees, they got rained out last night in Boston, so they'll indulge in a day-night doubleheader set to begin this afternoon at 135. Randy Vasquez will get the ball in Game 1 before Colors for Don takes the hill for tonight's game at two. Sports. Sponsored by Pete Morgan of Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PeerlessBoilers.com to find a deal under you. They're the world's best boilers. I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC.
Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. To renew our sacred vow, never forget. Never forget. We never forget. Each of us, each of those precious lives stolen too soon when evil attacked. Ground Zero in New York. And I remember standing there the next day and looking at the building. I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastating. Son of a bitch, President of ours, Joe uh, Biden, who said he was here, 9-12-2001, stood in front of the building, looked like the gates of hell. Good story. (laughs) That's what it is. Except it's not true. He was in Washington, D.C., voting on a resolution, so he lied. And now I found out he did something maybe even worse yesterday. Before I get to Mike Lawler, you know, we played Walk the Line by Johnny Cash at the beginning of the last segment, and there's a reason behind that. I mean, I do love Johnny Cash. I love them. And I really thought Joaquin Phoenix did an amazing job in that movie, Walk the Line. Reese Witherspoon won the Academy Award for playing June Carter Cash. But I thought Joaquin was great. But why did we play Johnny Cash this morning, Lewis? This is the anniversary of his death. He died, uh, what year was that? He died uh, 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 20... Was it 20? I guess all. Yeah, no, he died in the 2000s for sure. Yes. Uh, I, I just had it. He died uh, 2000. I'm sorry. 2003. 2003. Okay. <laughs> he was 71. Johnny Cash, God rest in peace. All right. Mike Lawler is the congressman, Rockland County, 17th District, one of my favorite politicians and people here in New York uh, ever since he showed up at my book signing at Joe and Joe Restaurant with Rocco and Steve and the guys. And he told me a, a whopper this morning about Biden, which furthers how much I can't stand this guy. So without further ado, here he is, politician Mike Lawler. Mike, good morning, buddy. How are you? I'm doing well, Sid. I'm, I'm driving down to Washington, D.C. We're coming back into to session today. And frankly, you know, I was listening to the show this morning. And I'm just speechless. I mean, uh, it's on par with George Santos claiming his mother died in 9-11. Yeah. It's just unconscionable uh, that anybody would lie about any aspect of 9-11. I was listening to the show yesterday as I was going to, uh, you know, seven events across my uh, district, uh, 9-11 ceremonies. And, you know, we had strong leadership. Uh, in, in the aftermath of 9-11 with President Bush, Mayor Giuliani, Governor Pataki. And then you look at today, and it's like an episode of the Three Stooges with Biden, Hochul, and Adams. They don't know what the hell they're doing dealing with the migrant crisis. Uh, 
Uh, Biden yesterday, you know, goes to Alaska uh, to do a 9-11 ceremony seven hours after uh, the rest of the country is, is doing ceremonies. And, and, and not only lies, but on top of it, informs Congress that his administration is uh, uh, unleashing $6 billion in sanctioned money against the biggest state sponsor of terrorism, Iran, in exchange for hostages. It's, it's not only weakness. It's a slap in the face to the victims of terrorism, especially on 9-11. How freaking tone deaf do you have to be to, to announce that uh, on 9-11, putting aside the fact that it's idiotic to be trading $6 billion uh, in, in exchange for hostages? Of course we want these hostages to come back, but my God, you are giving the biggest state sponsor of terrorism billions of dollars to fuel their terrorism. It's insanity. It's shameful. Uh, and, and really, when he says never forget, clearly he's forgotten. Because who in God's name would think that's a good idea? This is the same administration that just a few weeks ago was considering giving Khalid Sheikh Mohammed a plea deal that didn't include the death penalty. That son of a bitch should rot in hell for eternity. And we're going to consider giving him a plea deal that doesn't include the death penalty? I, I, I mean, the, the absurdity of all of this, uh, it, it just it shows how incompetent this administration is, how out of touch this president is. Uh, and and I, I, honestly, it's exactly why you saw the disastrous withdrawal that we saw from Afghanistan two years ago. They don't know what the hell they're doing, and they are making decisions that are making America less safe. Uh, and, and it's just absolutely absurd. You know, a lot of folks tell me that Democrats hate the country and my friends and family. This is anecdotal, I know, but they get very upset with me. They go, we love the country just as much as you. And I say, but everything you do says to me you hate it. You know, you use the word uh, during that great rant, by the way, even cursed. I loved it, Mike. Uh, that's why people vote for you in Rockland County. Uh, you use the word incompetent a bunch of times, and they're that. But what happened yesterday speaks more to the theory that Democrats hate this country. How do you show up? The furthest state from New York is Alaska. That's where you were yesterday. How do you uh, even on the same day as that even consider, whether it's a good deal or not, giving Iran $6 billion? That speaks to a bunch of people that really don't care about the country, which for me is worse than incompetence. Your thoughts? Look, I, I think the policy decisions uh, that are being made by this administration are undermining our nation. Uh, you, you think about 9-11. Think about this. Only 14 states teach about 9-11. I was a freshman in high school on September 11, 2001. There is not a child today in our school system in America that was born during 9-11. And the idea that only 14 states are teaching about September 11th in their curriculum speaks volumes to how we are educating our children. You, you can talk, we, we've obviously talked about the education system across this country. People are infuriated with the crap that is being taught in our schools. But September 11th, we can't teach? 9-11 should be a national holiday, and the president should be so, so ashamed of himself that he, he couldn't even find his way back to make sure that he's here. And instead he's telling a whopper about the fact that he was here the day after. What a load of crap. 
And and I'll tell you, I last week I met with two 9-11 widows, two 9-11 widows who are, are entitled to certain benefits that they are not receiving because of bureaucracy, because of bullshit. And pardon my French, but it, it's such nonsense. And And I'll tell you, this is the stuff that infuriates Americans across the country. It's exactly why people are so disgusted with our government, with politics, with everything that's going on. We have a crisis at our border. We have reckless spending, a national debt of $32 trillion, an education system that's a joke. We can't even produce doctors, nurses, engineers. It's one issue after the next, the level of gross incompetence. And the issues that we focus on, frankly, as opposed to solving these problems, Everyone in the government should be embarrassed by what's going on. No, I just, I'm driving back to D.C., yeah, and yeah. I'll, I'll say this. I'm driving back to D.C. right now, Yeah. and I have people in my own conference who are sitting here talking about government shutdowns. They want to remove Kevin McCarthy as speaker. It's a joke. Yeah. It's a joke. We should be focused on solving these problems, and instead we have, we have people who, who, frankly, they're laughing at the American people. I agree. This is uh, Mike Lawler. He is fired up, folks. He's now cursed twice during this segment at 645. This is why I love you. No, I'm serious. You should be pissed off. Americans should be pissed off. This is no time to worry about eloquence. I mean, I don't know if you heard it, but uh, Mayor Eric Adams was on with Katz and Cosby yesterday, and he basically lied his way through 10 minutes. I mean, he's just a liar, and Hochul's a liar. And, and now they, 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 they're playing the victim card, which is nauseating because they were at the front of the line greeting these people when they got here. But I must say, Curtis Lee was coming up next, and he deserves to get a medal of something, I don't know, for the work that he's done. He has actually slowed down some of these illegals from coming here. But in your county, you had a guy named Ed Day. And Ed Day actually yelled up and screamed and said, I'm going to strangle the mayor. Yes, he did actually threaten the mayor, Eric Adams, with physical violence if he sent illegals to your county. And, oh, my God, guess what? They never showed up. Does Ed Day, you guys up in Rockland, Mike, have the right recipe to make sure these neighborhoods are not inundated with illegals? Absolutely. Look, this is the result of really bad policies. We have had open borders, which the Democrats for years said nothing about. New York City Democrats, oh, we're a sanctuary city. We welcome you. We welcome you. Please come. Okay. These southern border states have been inundated for years. New York hasn't even received one iota of what these southern states have been overrun with. And, and now they're outraged because they can't handle it. After, for years, having a sanctuary city policy, New York State giving billions of dollars in free health care, housing, education, food to, to migrants who have come here, in many cases, illegally. All right? These asylum cases, they're taking two to three years to be heard. When they're finally heard, 70% of them are being rejected. All right, so Ed Day and I held a press conference back in March before Eric Adams started sending migrants to the Hudson Valley. Back in March, and we said, this is a crisis, and our social services can't handle it. That was back in March. And then Eric Adams decides, well, I'm going to complain about what the southern states are doing, but you know what? I'll do it to the counties all across New York State. I don't care. 
and and it's shameful. And the governor had her head in the sand, didn't know what the hell was going on. You talk to her, and she's like, oh, well, you know, I'm the mayor's keeping me in the dark. The mayor's keeping you in the dark. For God's sakes, you gave him a billion dollars in the budget, a billion dollars in the bu- state budget to handle the migrant crisis, and he's, quote-unquote, keeping you in the dark? Pick up the phone and tell him you want your billion dollars? You start working with me. This is a joke. I- I've never seen such gross incompetence. And frankly, to your to your point, uh, you know, some of it intentional because it's so idiotic. It doesn't even make sense. Yeah, no. And, and you know, I brought up with Governor Pataki yesterday. And again, thank you for the context you sent me after yesterday's show. That one of the reasons why we did OK after 9-11, uh, despite the horror that we experienced that day and still do 22 years later, was that Pataki and Giuliani put aside their differences and worked together. Unlike Cuomo and de Blasio, those two idiots, or even these two people right now, Adams and Hochul, who are getting angry with each other by the day, despite what they show publicly. So on the way out, uh, Mike Lawler, and once again, you're on your way to Washington, D.C. I know you stated it earlier, but what exactly are you doing today? Well, we're going we're gonna to start the appropriations uh, negotiations, but, you know, th- this this requires serious leadership. Number one, we have to pass appropriations bills. We cannot have a government shutdown. It's idiotic. It's never worked. It doesn't serve a purpose. We need to... Well, hold, hold on, so hold on, so Mike, Mike well, what are the odds right now that there is going to be a government shutdown? What are the odds? Look, we're going to have to get a continuing resolution passed uh, by the end of the month. And it, require, and it requires everybody recognizing that we have to deal with the serious challenges. Yes, we need to get our spending under control. $32 trillion in debt. We cannot continue to sustain it. This administration increased spending by over $5 trillion in the last two years. By the way, and, and I'll, I'll point this out, uh, put aside, you know, Biden, Hochul, and uh, Adams. Where the hell is Chuck Schumer? He's the Senate Majority Leader. New York is being overrun. He's done nothing on the border. House Republicans passed a Border Security Act months ago. Chuck Schumer, totally MIA, silent on all of this. Uh, I, I've never seen anything yeah. like it. Right. And it they, it's truly it, embarrassing. It is. And, and uh, New York won yesterday their coverage of uh, the service, the memorial service in lower Manhattan, 9-11. All they focused on was Kamala Harris, who basically uh, hoard her way to the VP job, uh, and uh, Hochul and Adams, and Chuck Schumer. So I did see Chuck Schumer for the first time yesterday, smiling, greeting people, shaking hands, like he was at a bar mitzvah, not at a site where 3,000 people died. i got to let you run, Mike, but this was an amazing, not good, an amazing appearance. Safe trip to Washington, D.C. Let's do it again very soon. Thank you so much. Sounds good. Thanks, Ed. Talk to you soon. You're the man, Mike Lawler, 17th District Congressman out of Rockland County. That folks right there, that's a great American. Make sure you vote for him again, Mike Lawler. We're only one hour in. My God. Could you imagine the next three? Curtis Lee was coming up next. Keep it right here. Are you reeling in the Is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. 
your home. Don't talk to woman and everything you own. The law bearers plainly says the chance is going If you want to know the truth about a test, what's for you? Curtis, ready the Jets, bad luck, my God, again, big story today, I know we're still talking 9-11, Biden's visit to Vietnam and Alaska and all that political stuff, Eric Adams lying on the station again yesterday, but Aaron Rodgers, four snaps in, it is over, MRI today, but in all likelihood, he's got a torn ACL, he'll be gone at least a year, he's 39 years old, uh, Curtis Sliwa gets huge ratings, noon to one, every weekday afternoon, uh, big ratings weekend overnights. Arguably does his best work with me every weekday morning at this time. And he's coming on right after a red-hot Mike Lawler, who was really tremendous this morning. But, Curtis, uh, you, you say that this morning you have proven to be Nostradamus. You want to try to explain that? Uh, first off, uh, thank you very much, Wrong Way Lou Rapino, for paying, playing Teddy Pendergast. Bad luck, because, remember, he did have bad luck. He did. This guy, the women loved him. They threw teddy bears at him. They took their panties off their bras. He he was like the black Tom Jones. Oh, my God. They were in love with him. White women, too. It didn't matter. And then one day, he's in his brand-new silver Mercedes-Benz. He's in Mainline. And he's uh, driving while a woman is orally fixating him. Yeah. He crashes. I tried. And it turns out that, in fact, she was a he, was a black Dylan Mulvaney. That's correct, yes. And he was paralyzed the rest of his life. <laughs> well, And everyone in uh, Justin Ellick's favorite city, Philadelphia, because yeah. that's, that's where he was from. Yeah. To Teddy, what is wrong with you? You could have had any woman in the world. You wanted a he-she? Well, he didn't know that, did he? Yes, he did. Oh, he actually asked for hey, that. Hey, come on. Come on. You know, Sid. They get no, freaky no, deaky. No, listen. There have been times when, even for me, I've been in a nightclub in New York City, and the girl was gorgeous, and I reached down, and she had a bigger penis than you. Uh, it's shocking, but it happens. Uh, you lying dog face pony soldier. <laughs> I'm using a Joe Biden phrase all day. <laughs> what would be scratch? Yeah, but wait. Let me. Lying dog face pony soldier, Dole, Joe Nolan. Here we were back in June. He was swearing off. I mean, this guy, Aaron Rodgers, would make us forget. Joe Namath would make us forget everyone who ever threw I'm the pigskin. Sure I'm not sure he ever said oh, to make yeah, you forget Joe a, Namath. It, 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 for him, it was better than sex. <laughs> I mean, the guy where you just say Aaron Rodgers, oh, my God, premature ejaculation he had. <laughs> yeah. And what did I say? I very coolly and calmly said, the guy has been dropping shrooms. LSD in Colorado. The guy is not going to have the fire in his belly to want to fight. That's not true. That's true. He, no, no, he dropped acid in Wisconsin, too, and he won a Super Bowl. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Excuse he didn't me. start doing acid when he came to New York. He's been doing it for 25 okay. years. And, then, and he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And then he was in MetLife Stadium yeah. at a Taylor Swift concert. I saw that. That was over. <laughs> Little girls there, right, all dressed in pink, yeah. thinking they're Barbie dolls. Come on. The guy <laughs> yeah, yeah. lost the fire. That wasn't even a tackle. I mean, he almost fell down. I almost felt that was like 
Brett Favre giving Strahan his record-setting sack. Remember? I do. The yeah. only thing Aaron Rodgers didn't do here was show a schlong shot like <laughs> Brett Favre. Come on! That was my friend Jennifer Sturger who Favre sent those pictures to. I hear you. It, uh, By the it way, was... uh, how was his hose? Uh, what did she say? I, <laughs> Pretty good. Know. Pretty good. Uh, I say, yeah. okay. For a guy from Kiln, Mississippi, not bad. Uh, by the way, uh, ripping off uh, welfare payments in Mississippi now. I know. That, you know, that story really hasn't gotten the legs yet. They covered it for a little while, and supposedly he's right in the center of all that. That's a federal crime. And remember, he was a sex addict. He went to the same clinic as Tiger Woods, as Wade Boggs. I mean... This guy was a hot mess. Well, what a great quarterback. Uh, and by the way, uh, Joe Nolan, you lying dog-faced pony soldier. <laughs> yeah. When I was a kid, right, and Joe Namath had been traded to the Rams, and I think it was Walt Michaels came in as the new uh, coach. They had Richard Todd from Alabama. They had been 33-3. and Hey, I got groomed also by Bear Bryant. I'm ready to go. I'm the Heisman Trophy winner. What happened? Nothing. Well, he, didn't win, he didn't win the Heisman, Todd, but he was a great Alabama quarterback. Right after Joe Namath was there, he was a great Alabama yeah, quarterback. He busted his knee and yeah. broke his collar. Well, I mean, come he, on. He did take the Jets one year uh, to the AFC Championship game. Yeah, you keep I thinking. I was at that game yeah, in the I'm rain sure. in Miami. Where the and, Jets and who did he throw to? to who did he throw to? A.J. Dewey. Uh, thank you. Three times. <laughs> Three times, right. A hey, wide open Dolphin your linebacker. Your team is not the Miami Dolphins, <laughs> Richard Todd. <laughs> I know. That was a rough day, and a lot of guys on the the Jets, like Klecko and those guys, they say the right thing. They never forgave Richard Todd. Lying dog face, pony soldier, <laughs> Don, Joe Nolan. Poor Joe Nolan taking a beating today. I do want to get to, uh, that's funny stuff, Curtis, thank you. I do want to get to a special election today for uh, assembly. And uh, I usually root for the Jewish guy anyway, but in this case, they're both Jewish. And that is, I guess, the Democrat is Sam Berger. But I really like this Republican guy. You mentioned him a couple of weeks ago, David Hirsch. And this becomes, uh, it was vacated, I guess, a couple of weeks ago. This could be the pregame, I guess, the appetizer to Vicky Palladino. It's kind of important. Are you heavily involved in this Berger-Hirsch race today? Not really. Let me tell you something. Yeah, uh-oh. What have I told you? Who are my worst enemies politically? Politically? Yeah, they're not the Democrats. It's my own Republicans. Yeah. I reached out to this guy 12 times. David Hirsch? You would think that I wanted to convert like Sammy Davis Jr., you know, and get a bris. Nothing back. Don't say that. I'm telling you the truth. Nothing back. Not one time, not one place. I won that district overwhelmingly from Eric Adams. You would think that they would say, oh, oh, Curtis, you want to help? He helps. I help all Republicans. Nothing. Nothing. Look, I hope he wins today. We need that assembly seat. But I was dissed and dismissed. No good. Pimp slot. You know, the Democrats, because I know a lot of county Democrats in Queens, as you know, said, wow, they're not taking advantage of you. I said, look, you know, so maybe they're busy. Maybe they're too busy to have Curtis Lee, who everybody knows in that district. Whitestone, Bayside. I mean, Kew Gardens Hills. I robbed in that area. Not a word. No good. In fact, I was talking to Nicole Maliotakis yesterday. She's going to join me coming up in about 45 minutes at 810 this morning. And she said, please, Sydney, remind your folks, lots of them, to go vote today for Hirsch in that special election. So I figured she likes them, you like them. Hey, Hirsch, you think you can return a call, Hirsch? What a dick. What, did you lose my number, pal? 
Oh, what am I, a Republican of no consequence? I'm going to be running for mayor again. I won that district. But you know something, Sid? That's the way politics is. You got a lot of lying dog-faced pony soldiers out there. <laughs> yeah. And my worst enemies are right in the Republican Party itself. Right in the Republican Party Well, give me another itself. example, because I think your worst enemies are like Governor Cuomo. He's a Democrat. Oh, Eric look at Adams this. is a second. Democrat. Who's the only one who was playing yesterday over and over when he called ice thugs? Remember? Cuomo. Cuomo. Right. That's right. So how are Republicans your worst enemies? And who are they? Who are these Republicans you're referring to? Look, we'll, we'll, call we'll, them out. Joanne Ariola. Well, we'll have a, a two-hour extravaganza. <laughs> a special show just on that. I want but to do that with look you. At it, look at this. And Nicole is right. you got to advise people to come out. As much as I hate being insulted, they treated me like drek. No good. Like Drek. You know what Drek is on yes. the bottom of your shoes. The worst imagine. Wouldn't even return my call. Like no. I'm a person of no consequence. And you know where I was instead on Sunday? I could have been with Hirsch, with all the uh, the rabbis. You know, everybody's a rabbi over there. It's like, where, what theological society did you get your rabbinical degree in? <laughs> I'm a rabbi. I'm a rabbi. I was in the middle of Corona. You saw that with the Hispanic moms and grandmas fighting the prostitution there. No, no politician showed up for these women. What is going on with that? I, I did see this story. I knew you were there. Congratulations again. But I saw that in the Post, I think, on Saturday or Sunday, that much like uh, the old days in the Bronx. Yes. What's the name of that? Uh, Hunts Point. Hunts Point. These hookers walk around right out in the public all day? It's like day? Bangkok. It's like Hamburg. It's like Hampshire. I kid you not. They're out there in the streets. They're grabbing men up. The cops of the 110th Precinct are on the take. The only time you could have prostitution that visible, that open, is when the cops are on the take. Eric Adams went there three weeks before. He promised all these people, they're Democrats, I will deal with it. Finally, they reached out to me and said, no politician will work with us or walk with us. What, are they rather be with the prostitutes? Oh, my God. Well, that reminds me then uh, of uh, James Burke. Because, you know, you and I uh, got in some trouble. Uh, even the station gave you more than me, but gave us a little bit of heartache. Peter King was mad at us for a long time, and then this guy, James Burke, got arrested. Let, let, let's not candy coat this. They wanted me fired. Right. They did want you they fired. They wanted me right. fired. Not me. I, I defend you every step of the way. And then Burke got arrested a couple of weeks ago, so you and I, especially you, oh. you were looking really good. But now you've got more information on Mr. James and Burke. And arrested at the Suffolk County Vietnam Veterans Memorial Park at 10.30 in the morning. Soliciting for sex because he wanted to orally fixate a man who happened to be an undercover cop. That's twice in this segment now, Teddy Pendergrass and James Burke. Yes, yes. <laughs> but now a third time. It has now emerged that James Burke, in fact, was conducting sex parties at that Oak Beach compound that I was talking about and bringing in girls... From Stony Brook. Remember I talked about the Stony Brook connection, you straight did. south. Yes. And having sex with them and then forcing them to orally fixate him in the bathroom. Now, what about all these other elected officials and police who are going to these sex parties at Oak Beach Compound? Hey, Steve Ballone, we haven't seen you in a month of Sundays, the outgoing Suffolk County executive. You're the guy that appointed James Burke. You've been missing in action. It has been suggested that you, in fact, were at these sex parties and a whole number of others who ended up committing suicide oh my God. when they found that Jeez. first body. Mm. Now, who was on that? 
who marched in here demanded that I be fired. The Nassau County Police Department. Curtis Lee was lying. He's making things up. He has dishonored the police department. Look, Suffolk County is a hot mess where corruption percolates. You want to fire me for telling the truth? Go ahead. But as John Cancimatiti said, Curtis is more right than wrong. And as Sid Rosenberg said, 95% of the time, I hit it out of the ballpark. And you know who I'm most proud of? Suffolk County resident from Bohemia, Nancy Sleewell, who yesterday went into court. Criminal court with me. There was Alvin Bragg's guys, you know, ready to lock me up, throw away the key. They hit me with a misdemeanor charge when I blocked uh, Gracie Mansion. Eric Adams is never there. He claims it's haunted, you know, because he's uh, out there chasing Trump. You know what's going on there in the wee hours of the morning. And you know what? Alvin Bragg looked. He saw the demolition team of Sliwa and Sliwa. And he decided, I'm not prosecuting him because he is going to plead guilty. He wants to take this to the United States Supreme Court. It's exactly what I said outside. I'm guilty. Everybody knows I'm guilty. I'm not going to fake everybody out and declare myself not to be guilty. I'm guilty. I'm proud of it. I'm going to do it again and again and again. And I'm going to stop these illegals from coming in. The politicians, all of them, are doing nothing other than giving speeches. I'm the action guy. And a national holiday for what? 9-11? Are you crazy? Let all the kids out? You think you're going to learn anything about 9-11? No. Keep them in the classroom. It's a day dedicated to 9-11. Use basic common sense. I want a holiday. I want a holiday. Yeah, politicians. I want a holiday. I want a holiday. Screw these holidays. Get to work and teach your children our American history and teach them all about 9-11 from 9 in the morning till 3 o'clock in the afternoon. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 dollars more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details if you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
Happy birthday to my man Neil Pert. I love this song, Rush Limelight, at 736 on your Tuesday morning. Neil Pert, of course, is the very talented, the great drummer from Rush. How old is uh, is Neil Pert today, Lewis Arthur? Well, you were saying it. I just want to correct you because you're a Rush. It's Peart. Oh, what did I say, Pert? Yeah, but everybody. Oh, it's Neil Pert, no? No, it's actually Pert. Really? It's a weird name. It's t- everybody gets it wrong, too. That's weird. Okay, it's, but it is. But it's I've heard Pert. him referred to as Neil Pert only a billion times. I know. All that's Neil Pert. No kidding. Just, yeah, I actually looked up the pronunciation because I say it wrong all the time. How old is he today now? Well, he's dead. Oh, he's, that's right. He's dead. What am I talking about? Yeah, he had um, he had brain cancer for three years. Yeah. How long, so how long has he been dead, He's, Neil Peart? He died in 2020. 2020. He was 67, I think, when he died. Jeez. Yeah, he was going to be 68 yeah. that year. He uh-huh. was a really intense guy, too. No, crazy, he was... But very smart. Yes, yes. He, he wrote the lyrics. A lot of drummers are very smart. Uh, I had an opportunity to get to know the one-armed drummer. Seriously, one arm of Def Leppard, Alan pretty well. He was in with me and Bernard a bunch because he actually does art. And uh, one of the hotels in Atlantic City, I think my guy at the Hard Rock, I think it was the Hard Rock, my guy Jimmy Allen, he had this uh, art store, and they sold Allen's work in that art store. He also had, there was a couple of uh, galleries in New Jersey, maybe even New York City. And every time he would present his art, my guy Steve Sloan was a sales guy down in Florida. In Florida, he actually had that account for me here in New York. And then uh, so Alan would come into the studio. What's his first name again? Rick. I think yeah, Rick Allen. Rick. And he'd sit with me and Bernie, and he was very, very smart. You know, I'm, I'm talking Mensa smart. And then there was a concert at Madison Square Garden, and it was Def Leppard and some other band that, you know, like Docker or something. Docking. <laughs> Whatever. Some <laughs> band that hasn't played in like a hundred years, you know. <laughs> Underscore air metal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I sent a text to Alan. I go, hey, uh, Rick, I'm, I'm promoting your stupid art and all this stuff. And can you score me two tickets for this concert? And he never got me the ticket. So now I don't, uh, I don't talk to him anymore. And I couldn't okay. give a right to answer. I never sold a piece of art. I mean, I'm, I'm actually happy that Hunter Biden sells more art than him. What That's you, all you need to know. What do you swing both your arms around and say, <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. look at me. Look what I can do. Look what I can, look what I can do. Neil Peart was uh, very intense. He re- he wrote the lyrics for the band. Oh, and he did. And the other two would do the music. The yeah, lead singer was kind of a weird guy. Uh, this yeah. is a weird guy. He's not dead. But... Getty, Getty Lee. Yeah. He reminds me of uh, somebody uh, like the Warriors or something. I don't know. the guy that <laughs> He looks Like great. the guy that was in the Warriors. But that's a great group, and uh, happy birthday to Neil Peart, even though he's dead. Peart. We uh, Peart. I think we celebrate more dead people's birthdays than live people on this show. <laughs> it's getting, the, the tide is tipping. Well, everybody that's good is dead, basically. <laughs> Nobody's good left anymore. That's, I mean, nobody. That's a T-shirt there. Everybody's <laughs> yeah. good is dead. It's true. Well, thank God Rich Lowry's alive, and he's good, and he's going to come up next, so. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. We are seeing progress. 
but there is, it, we're not going to have a constant. There are going to be fluctuations. That is normal, just like the weather fluctuates and, and circumstances fluctuate, such as elections in those regions Moron. and what that might mean. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that we keep our foot off the gas. We have to stay focused and understand there has to be a long-term strategy as well as a short-term strategy. I can't stand her, my God. The migrant crisis will fluctuate like the weather. This is the vice president of the United States. I said earlier she hoard her way to the top. She did. Ended up having that very public relationship with the mayor of San Francisco, Brown. Barack Obama on record calling her, what, the prettiest attorney general in the country. And that's how Kamala Harris has gotten to where she is. It can't be because she's incredibly bright or her work ethic. She's a moron and doesn't work very hard at all. Although I must say she's done a tremendous job as the borders are at the southern border. She really has stepped up in a big, big way. And yet a New York won yesterday down at the ceremony for 9-11. When all these heroes like Rudy Giuliani, who I saw yesterday as I left the building, he was great on this show yesterday. Rudy Giuliani was there yesterday, Governor Pataki, Bernie Carrick, Oh, police commissioner back then. All these heroes are there. And who is New York one concentrating on? Kamala Harris, Chuck Schumer, Eric Adams, Kathy Hochul. These losers, all of them. My next guest is the editor of the National Review, Politico, NBC, all of it, usually on, on Mondays. But with our 9-11 show yesterday and Bo Deedle still on vacation, he's joining us on this Tuesday morning it's my dear friend, Rich Lowry. Rich, good morning. How are you? I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm not a Jets fan, so uh, I'm feeling pretty good this morning. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a Jet fan either. <laughs> I'm a Giant fan. I was here the night before. It's even worse. We had our yeah, quarterback and lost horrible. by 40 points. I mean, jeez. Yeah, but if a, if a screenwriter had come to you with a Jet storyline that Aaron Rodgers is likely out for the season after the first drive, yeah. would you believe it? You're like, no, it's too obvious he can't do that. <laughs> I know. Same thing happened. <laughs> here we are. I was making the point on the first segment, you know, the, the Jets went to the AFC Championship game. Not, not Sanchez. He got there twice. But in between Richard Todd and Mark Sanchez, Vinny Testaverde got the Jets. Yeah. And uh, they should have won that day against Denver, but both Curtis Morton and Keith Byers fumbled. It was a disaster. But Vinny was tremendous. And the next season, the Jets had Super Bowl expectations. Week one, same thing. Game one, New England, gone for the yeah. year. Same thing. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, he was there last night, right? Uh, Vinny was there last night, yes. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. So, uh, I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not a Jets guy or a Jets expert, but they can still be quite good. I mean, that defense, whoa. But uh, Super Bowl, uh yeah, no, no, that's the point. They've got a great defense. The kid looks like he's back. The running back, Hall, Garrett Wilson, maybe the best young wide receiver in football, but you need a quarterback. I mean, look, teams have won. Brad Johnson, Jeff Hostetler, they won Super Bowls, but I don't yeah. know. I, look, I'm more upset about the Giants. I mean, the Giants had all their players and still lost by 40 points. Yeah, yeah that was crazy. Nuts. But, you know, week one, week one is not necessarily indicative, but uh, what, what an embarrassment. For New York, it has not been great, yes. Uh, and talking about embarrassment, you heard how I described Kamala Harris. That may have sounded rough, but those are all facts. There's nothing there that's not true. And, you know, to say that the migrant crisis will fluctuate like the weather, and for my mayor yeah. to go on my station yesterday with John Katsimatidis, and act as if he was the victim because they got to spend $12 billion when he was at the front of the line yelling we're a sanctuary mm -hmm. city and welcoming everybody. I mean, these people make me nauseous. 
Yeah. You know, Willie Brown, who who the Speaker of the House, who she had that affair with, had a line afterwards. He was asked about it, and he said, you know, it was a match made in heaven. It was just perfect because <laughs> she was in love with me and I was in love with me. So he's, he's, a, he's a real character. But, you know, just listen to that clip. Uh, you know, at least 10 points of her unfavorable rating just has to be the nasally voice, right? You just don't want to hear it. You don't want to listen to it. But it's it's absurd. that they, they um, you know, they now have this inter-party meltdown over it because it's, it's – uh, causing so much pain here in the Northeast. You know, they all want it in the border just to stay at the border. There's a piece in the LA Times. I don't know how you'd possibly do this, but the Biden administration is considering making migrants stay in Texas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it, you mean, know, why not just it'd be much easier and simpler to control the border? And I wrote a column yesterday about 1980, Mariel boat lift causes a, a disaster in, in South Florida. Uh, Arkansas Governor Bill Clinton loses um, over it because they send 19,000 of these folks to uh, a fort in Arkansas where they end up rioting and they blame Bill Clinton. It was a debacle. But Fidel Castro caused that. In this case, it's Joe Biden causing it. Joe Biden is welcoming these folks. He's, he, he trashed all the Trump policies, and it's within his power to at least seriously alleviate this crisis, and he just doesn't want to do it. Doesn't want to do it. He could end it today. Uh, talking about Joe Biden, I want to play this clip yesterday. Joe Biden, the first president since 9-11, not to be here in New York on 9-11. He couldn't be further away. He was in Alaska, this, this, this hate, America-hating moron. I'm going to play a clip for you that uh, Biden said yesterday, and I want you to tell me what's wrong with what he said. Lou, play cut 17. To renew our sacred vow, never forget, never forget, we never forget. Each of us, each of those precious lives stolen too soon when evil attacked. Ground Zero in New York, and I remember standing there the next day, and looking at the building, I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. So, it looked so devastating. Right. So what was wrong with what the president just said there? Yeah, of course, he wasn't there the day after. He was on the Senate floor. And th- this is a huge question with Biden, right? Is it is it deliberate or he just can't tell what reality is? And, you know, it's specific. It's vivid. You know, he's looking into the gates of hell. And it's completely untrue. And and he came back from that trip of Viet- from Vietnam. And anyone who watched that press conference who has any confidence that this guy is going to beat Donald Trump is crazy, right? He had to be cut off at the end because it was so rambly and incoherent and embarrassing. Again, we have like a you know, year and a half until the elections. It's not getting better. Everyone can see it. You have super majorities of 77% of people say he's too old, and that, that sentiment, if anything, is just going to get stronger because he's too old, and we see it every day. You know, he's lied about so much. You're right, and you wonder if it's deliberate. He's just a pathological liar, but I don't care if he lies about where he graduated, you know, or, you know, kind of like Brian Williams. I was in that plane when they were shooting at me. Mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton said the same thing, but when you lie about 9-11, maybe because I'm a New Yorker, I knew people who died in the buildings that day and had to walk past that site every day. I take it very, very personally. When you lie about something as sacred as 9-11, standing outside the gates of hell, uh, that is absolutely unacceptable. All the other lies combined, maybe not as bad as that lie yesterday. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's terrible and self-dramatizing. And it just goes to this tendency he has to make everything about himself. And the most appalling version of this, so this is why maybe I would say it's not the worst lie, to, to go into families who have lost loved ones 
uh, in, in a, a horrible terrorist attack in Afghanistan and, and basically say, oh, I know how you feel because Bo, the same thing happened to Bo. Right. That's, That's true. Disgusting. Right. He died in a hospital in New York. And you're right. Not only you're right. Bo did not die in Afghanistan. And again, I, I just forgot, but we're not that far removed from him going to Maui where they're still collecting bodies and talking yeah. about a fire in the kitchen. Yeah, a 20-minute fire contained in the, in, in the kitchen. This entire town, like, burns to the ground. It looks like Hiroshima, and that's what he has. Oh, I had a kitchen fire, you know? <laughs> he shut up and, and truly commiserate with people. You know, he's there's been this whole thing in Morning Joe and elsewhere. He's a commiserator-in-chief. No, he's not. These are the kind of the worst things you can say to people. When someone's really suffering, what you do is just sit next to them and say, I can't imagine there are no words. That's it. You don't you don't say, oh, something kind of similar happened to me once 50 years ago. I mean, God. Only morons do that. Yep, you're right. And that's him. So one of the themes of my show yesterday, I did a special 9-11 show, and I had on everybody from Rudy Giuliani to Governor Pataki to Mike Piazza. It was a very, very special show. Uh, But a lot of the folks said the same thing, that there is no doubt in their mind, 100% sure, all of them said the same thing, that we're going to have another terrorist attack. They can't promise as well orchestrated as 9-11, as many people will die, but it's coming. And then Lindsey Graham yesterday said, oh, oh, it's coming, it's coming. So my question is simple. Is this Republicans just kind of piling on because of this lousy border policy? Or do you agree with them that, yes, terrorists could be sneaking in with everybody else, and that makes us obviously very vulnerable? Your thoughts? Yeah, I think there's there will obviously be another attack at at some point, it's just we're, we're always always targeted, and we're not going to get perfect. Be perfect. I don't know whether it's going to evolve the border. You have had these stories about you know various people with nasty backgrounds coming over the border, and it's not just you know El Salvador and Venezuela anymore. It's people literally from all over uh, the world. So it, it's a security problem on on top of everything else. But you know anyone who's uh, in New York, it's just still you know I'm afraid Joe Biden. It's kind of that that forecast what we'll see from from presidents, certainly Democratic presidents, just just not showing up except for on the, the big anniversaries. But that day was such a gut punch. And I spent so much uh, of the day just looking at these videos, you know, of George W. Bush's uh, speech with the bullhorn or his first pitch in the World Series or Sammy Sosa. I'd forgotten Sammy Sosa, you know, I don't have much use for, but ran out on the to Wrigley Field carrying a flag. And then he hit a home run that, that night and got, got a flag from the first base coach and carried around the, the bases as he went. And there's just so many moments like that that just, you you know, they they uh, they bring it home to you again and 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 make you teary eyed all again, just for this this shocking, cowardly, awful day. So one of your colleagues, she's a terrific writer for the New York Post. She left New York. She's so sick of New York, especially after what they did to kids during COVID in the schools. You know who she is? She's very famous. Her mm-hmm. name is Carol Markowitz. Yep. So she was on me last week, Carol. We talked about how COVID's coming back, and they're talking about mask mandates and lockdowns and. They're going to ruin our children again, as if once wasn't enough. We started talking about DeSantis. She lives in Florida. She thinks DeSantis, who was here yesterday, he was at the ceremony, good for him. She thinks he's running a great campaign. He should be president. I said, great campaign? I said, what about Trump? She said, he's not even running a campaign. I said, what do you mean? I said, the guy's up by 50 points. He's already won. He doesn't have to do all the legwork that these other rookies have to do. What do you want Trump to do? And she doubled down, wrote a column about it a couple of days later. Yeah, I swear to God, in the New York Post, that that Donald Trump isn't even campaigning. 
Is that sour grapes or is she right? Uh, well, he's campaigning lightly, but look, I, I was struck by, did, did you see the clips of Trump at the Iowa-Iowa State game? Um, it was like the Beatles had arrived. You know, in this one <laughs> quarter where people had lined up knowing, I guess he was going to have to go to his, his suite or his box through there. It was insane. It just lined, lined up as far as you could see with their arms outstretched. At the, he visited a fraternity. The kids are, you know, over the moon to see him. Then he walks out the front door. Hundreds of people. He's flipping burgers. Hundreds of people. Just on and on. So it just really struck me that he's a phenomenon and everyone else is a political candidate. And it's going to be impossible or extremely difficult to beat a phenomenon with a political candidate. It's like trying to beat the Beatles with Rick Springfield. I, I don't care how great him is. Just Rick Springfield. Field is or was, but the Beatles are the Beatles. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's the problem everyone else has. But he wasn't the only one there, wasn't DeSantis there too, or Biden, and he they was. got they got nothing. They got nothing. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So what does Karl Markowitz want Trump to do? He's a, he's up by a million points. I mean, clearly, you know, people used to yell and scream about Biden sitting in the basement. And if you don't believe the election was rigged and you really believe Biden won, sitting in the basement worked out well for Joe Biden. So whatever Trump is doing, at least up to this point, it's working out pretty well. He's sitting in the basement and getting indicted, and that's working out really well. (laughs) (laughs) So people tend to say it's a a static race. There are two things that have happened that are kind of big. Trump was sitting, you know, in the 40s somewhere, and then he started getting indicted, and now he's in the 50s. And and now you're not shocked to see polls with him at 60 or 61. The average is a little lower, but there there are polls now that are routinely like 60 to 11. And the 11 is the other big thing that's happened. It used to be Trump, DeSantis, and everyone else. Now it's Trump and everyone else. DeSantis has has steadily declined down to to, to everyone else. So those are two pretty big events. Rich, you're awesome, man. I'm I'm glad you came on today. We cannot go any weeks without Rich Lowry. Tuesday instead of Monday. Great job. Thank you so much. God bless. Talk soon. You too. There he is, the editor of the National Review. He's so good. Political NBC, usually on Mondays at this time, but we had this special 9-11 show yesterday, and Bo Deedle is still on vacation. LaBeau, so Rich Lowry does a great job. What a tremendous two hours, huh, folks? Mike Lawler, Curtis Sliwa, Rich Lowry, and we got a lot more to do. Some exciting guests still to come your way. In fact, two brilliant ladies coming up next hour. Nicole Maliotakis, the pride of South Carolina. She was just on CNN for 20 minutes, a lovely Nancy Mace. And the big one coming up at 9.30 this morning after the devastating injury to Aaron Rodgers last night. WFAN legend and Mr. New York Jet, Joe Beningo, will join me live coming up at 9.30. Only halfway done, folks. The second half promises to be... Great. Keep it right here. Sit and friends in the morning. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Protection breaks down and time runs out. Down goes Rodgers in the sack for Leonard Floyd. So now Rodgers sits down. A loss of 10 on the play and hopefully the Jets are thinking that's the only loss on that play. 
he had the, the calf issue in training camp. He's coming out of the game. It's alright if you love me. It's alright if you don't. I'm not afraid of you running away, honey. I get the feeling you owe. Your eyes give you away Something inside you is feeling like I do We said all there is to say Baby, break down Go ahead, give it to me Aaron Rodgers went down last night to four snaps as a Jet quarterback and the fear is he tore his ACL. Not even the fear. It's going to become a reality today when the MRI comes back. Aaron Rodgers done for the year. That's it. Four snaps. <laughs> I mean, unbelievable. Like I told you back at 6 o'clock this morning, I, I think back to all the days I did sports talk radio. And uh, I loved it, and I was great at it. And, you know, very short amount of time. You know, people think I spent like 20 years at WFAN. I spent five that's it. Now I came back over the years and up until 2014, thanks to Mark Chernoff, I hosted a lot of shows and, you know, there was a, um, a possibility I'd be back more than once. 2007, I was fired in 2005, but I was almost back in 2007 until I misuttered, well, you know what he uttered about the Rutgers basketball team. Then I was almost back in 2014, but it never really happened and, I decided a little before then down in South Florida when I was doing my daily sports talk show that I was going to move into politics. So I started doing what I called spolitics, which I dubbed, which is half sports, half politics, which is what I do here to a certain extent, although certainly the emphasis is on politics. But I mean, so, you know, sports guys get all caught up in nonsense, superstitions and curses and all that, and I hated that about sports. You know, so I hated, you know, just the same old Stupid coach talking. Got to fire the coach. Got to fire the coach. Stinks. The manager stinks. Like it's Aaron Boone's fault. The Yankees are going to come in last this year. Of course, it's not Boone's fault. It's Cashman's fault. The players. So I got tired of it. But the curse thing really bothered me. But the Jets are cursed. <laughs> so all the years that I said it bothered me, now I'm going to say it. They got to be cursed. There's no other way to explain this. There's no way. I'm sorry. Four snaps. It wasn't even a violent hit. And Aaron Rodgers is going to be done. Now, the Jets did win the game, but, God, no one cares. That means nothing. It's a 17-game season. You were banking on this Hall of Fame quarterback to get you back to the Super Bowl, and now you're going to rest your dreams on Zach Wilson? I know the defense is great. They are a great defense. Picked off Josh Allen four times last night. Did a great job. Got a kick return, a punt return for a touchdown. All that's great. Brees Hall looks like he's back. But you're not going to win with Zach Wilson. That's the bottom line. Anyway, Nicole Maliotakis is down by ground zero because uh, she got something big coming up this morning. She's going to tell us about it right now. My favorite congresswoman out of Staten Island, Nicole Maliotakis. Good morning, Nicole. It's great to be with you, Sid. Good morning. Good morning. So what are you doing exactly uh, on nine twelve, the day after nine eleven? What are you doing by ground zero this morning? Well, Sid, as, as you know, and you, you always remind everyone, uh, never forget are not just words, 
right? It requires action. It requires effort to make sure that we're keeping our homeland secure. Uh, we need to educate those politicians that have forgotten. Uh, we have to remind, and uh, unfortunately, uh, a lot too many of them. Uh, but what I'll say is that's also for our youth to educate them in our schools. But today, what we're doing is um, having a hearing with Anthony D'Esposito from Homeland Security Committee uh, on preparedness for the future, on policies that may be in place that could uh, not be in the best interest of Homeland Security. What do our police need? What do our fire, what does our fire department need? Um, and that is what the hearing's about. So it's going to be interesting. I think, um, you know, a lot of the open border policies are questionable. Uh, as it relates to a potential attack in the future, I've, I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's horrible to even think it. But when you think about this open border and you have uh, 200 people on the terror watch list that have been caught and there's 1.7 million gotaways that have had zero interaction with our government. We don't know who they are or where they are. That is very concerning, especially when you know the FBI is investigating that ISIS is smuggling individuals into the country. Mm. Uh, we know narco-terrorism is obviously taking place with the drug cartels building networks here in the United States. So you know, that's what I'm interested in learning more about uh, and hearing directly from NYPD, a head of intelligence today, uh, but also from our fire department, making sure that they have the tools, the resources, the manpower to do the job they need to do. As a matter of fact, you know, the the mayor's talking about a 15 percent cut now across the board. That's going to affect further our fire department and our police department that's already significantly short staffed. They are down thousands of individuals, and we need to make sure that yeah. we are fully equipped yeah. to protect our city, not just from terrorism, but obviously public safety issues. Well, you don't get it. I mean, don't you feel badly for the mayor? He's been put in a very, very difficult position, him and the governor. I mean, you know, you seem you don't seem to get it, Nicole. They're, they're victims today, Eric Adams and Kathy Hochul. They're not. It wasn't like they were part of the problem. They're victims today. Don't you get that? Yeah, they're victims of uh, drinking the Kool Aid all these years. Well, I, I, the I'm, I'm, being, I'm being sarcastic, obviously. Yeah, no, I know, I know you are, but it's, but you know what? It, this is actually a result of their rhetoric coming coming to a head here, right? This is this is open borders from the federal Democrats. This is sanctuary cities from people like Mayor Adams and the City Council bail reform from Kathy Hochul. It's all coming together here, and we're seeing the disaster that it has created in New York and the incentives that they've given for more individuals to come into our country and come to New York illegally. Governor doesn't stop, right? Her, her solution is, let's give them Section 8. Let's give them free Metro cards. Let's give them free college education. What's the mayor's solution? Federal government, he wants more money so he can continue to open more shelters and more encampments. That's going to be the showdown in Washington this week between Senator Schumer and, and, the, and the Republicans uh, in the House. I mean, this is the showdown. It's going to be over uh, border security, and, uh, and, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. But we need to dig in our heels here and fight back. You know, the borough that has done the best job of all with this migrant crisis, illegals, is yours. And a lot of that is because the, you've got great leadership. You, obviously, at the very top, but Vito Pocella, Joe Borelli, uh, Curtis Sliwa obviously plays a major, major role in that. He's been tremendous. But you guys are crazy, too. I, I saw this story this morning in the New York Post that uh, Johnny Tobacco, who's a good friend of mine, is part of this, too, that is it true that you guys are, are, are blaring music and making these uh, illegals so crazy, kind of this like a Chinese torture, that they're running out of there looking to leave? Is that true? 
Well, I, I don't know anything about the music. I know that, you know, there were two rallies held, which I participated in. We had a large crowd uh, that turned out and to have their voices heard. They're sick and tired of this mayor prioritizing citizens of other countries instead of the citizens that we have right here. And all yeah. of us yeah. come from parents and grandparents of immigrants. We want we want people to follow the rules. No, that's Wait, true. No, no, so do I. No, so do I. But oh, no, I'm sorry, it's yeah. not music. So here's no, the story. Know, I don't know what I don't know what Tobacco's doing. You know, he's got his own little. But let uh, me read this. So migrants at a Staten Island shelter are being bombarded by a blaring 24/7 recording, urging them to leave, claiming the site is rat and mold infested, and that they're being lied to by Mayor Eric Adams. The audio recording was being blasted from a professional speaker in five languages: English, Spanish. Ukrainian, Chinese, and uh, Urdu, an ear-splitting level of 117 decibels. Uh, this happened Monday by the St. John Villa Academy. So, <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know what's sad? It's actually a residential community. So think about the homeowners that are there. They've got to listen to that. Uh, and on top of it, the 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 smell, right? Because of the there's not actually a sewer system, a, sh- a shower system, rather, I should say. So they had to do makeshift toilets and showers uh, because it's a school. It's not actually housing, which is yeah. why we have a lawsuit and we're going to court later this week. Um, and and the smell is now going all over the neighborhood. The neighbors are complaining about it. So this is the what's wrong when the mayor decides he wants to use every park, every building, every school uh, to house individuals who have, I'm sorry, they've entered the country illegally when you have 50 to 65 percent of them being denied their asylum cases in court. Yep. So so that the mayor just has to simply stop misinterpreting right to shelter. He could end this today, and he should be telling Chuck Schumer to pass H.R. 2, the bill we passed out of the House. You know, I see no pressure being put on Schumer. So I tell your listeners today, give Chuck – you have to do two things today. One is call Chuck Schumer. Uh, make Look, I know everyone thinks he's useless and he's not going to do anything, but he needs to hear the pressure. He needs to get the heat – from the people of New York who are sick and tired of this. And the second thing, if you live in Queens, and you and I talked about this yesterday, there is a special election for assembly, and we have an opportunity to flip a seat red, send a loud message to the Democrats, and this is the areas of, of, of Whitestone, of Malba, Queens, uh, Flushing, Flushing Meadows. Uh, it's the 27th district of the assembly. Special election, open seat. We can take it, and we need to take it today, because we need to send a strong message to the Democrats that we're sick and tired of their policies that have been so destructive. The rising crime, the destruction of quality of life, these migrant shelters, this is it. This is the opportunity to speak out and send a strong message uh, in Queens if you are there today. Well, I took your advice, and I came on this morning, and I said, everybody in Queens, go vote for David Hirsch. And I still feel that way, young uh, rabbi. Uh, both guys are Orthodox Jewish, it looks like, both David Hirsch and Sam Berger. Uh, but my wife, Danielle, my beautiful wife, brought up uh, Hirsch to me a couple of weeks ago. Then you brought it up. But I was a little disappointed this morning, Nicole, when I found out that Curtis Sliwa reached out to David Hirsch in an area where he won big. Curtis won there. Reached out to David Hirsch now 12 times and has gotten zero response. I know that's not enough for me not to, uh, to vote against him, obviously. We need Republicans to win. I get that. But what is that all about? I, look, I have no idea, but I mean, I would just say that this is a district that when I ran for mayor, I won it. Uh, Lee Zeldin won it last year when he ran for governor. Curtis Sliwa won it. We can win this seat, and we need to win this seat, just like we were able to flip 
four assembly districts in my congressional district last year. We're flipping these seats because people are getting sick and tired of what's going on. I'm glad because, man, do I need the help. I need more people to help advocate for common sense policies in this city. So if you live in Whitestone, if you live in Malba, Queens, if you live in uh, Bushing Meadows area, please go yep. to uh, vote today. Just vote for yep. David Hirsch and let's send a strong message to everybody from governor to the mayor. And, uh, you know, I know that the Democrats are concerned about the politics here because they know they're on the wrong side and they're getting a lot of heat from people, which is why I said it's got to give Schumer's office a call. Yep. No, they should bombard Chuck Schumer's office, folks. So listen to Cole, please. I got an army out there. I know that because the last time Errol Lewis called me out, he got about 5,000 tweets that day. So the SID army is big and strong. So listen to Cole and call Chuck Schumer's office today. Vote for David Hirsch today. That brings me to one last, uh, I guess, question. And that is, I think we both agree the most dangerous Democrat in the city council, maybe, maybe, uh, Justin Brannon out of Bay Ridge. And I know you're endorsing Ari Kagan. So am I. So is Curtis Sliwa. Uh, the election is coming up now in about two months. I haven't heard a lot from Kagan. I know he's been out there, obviously. What, what is the feeling on the street? Because most people tell me, even folks that are voting for Kagan, they don't think he can win. What are your thoughts? Look, he, he can absolutely win this race, and he has to win this race in November. It is critical. Um, our, Ari Kagan was just with me. We're on the front page of the Bay Ridge Courier the other day because we were standing up and fighting against non-citizen voting in our city, which Justin Brannon was a sponsor of the bill. It became law when Eric Adams uh, came in, and we are suing the Republicans to try to stop this law from taking effect. We won in court, as a matter of But, of course, Mayor Adams is appealing the decision. So Ari Kagan was standing with me, calling for the mayor to drop this appeal uh, and also to call out Justin Brannon for not only voting for it, but being a sponsor of it. And the bill is so ridiculous. It, It actually says if you just reside in New York City for 30 days and you have as little as authorization, you can vote to vote in New York City elections. That means, you know, all our council elects and mayor. um, And that governor pushing for work authorization for these migrants, if they're here for 30 days, they get the work authorization and they can register to vote. So shame on Justin Brannon for supporting that law and being a sponsor of that law. It's just one more reason why Ari Kagan must win. And I'll tell you, Ari Kagan's really working his current district, which is Coney Island um, and Seagate. And now he's new to the Bath Beach area and to the Bay Ridge area. We are, we are bringing him around, meet people. I think he's doing very well because the people in this community are not happy that Justin Brannon uh, supported uh, the efforts to uh, uh, close Rikers, for example. Uh, he want, he's asking for more money. He's the finance chairman. He's the one funding all these shelters that are coming uh, to your communities. And he's he's advocating for the federal government to give the city more money, to add more shelters. He voted to defund the police. He was one of those who stood with Bill de Blasio in the summer of 2020 and actually cut a billion dollars from the NYPD. So this guy has to go. He doesn't represent the values of southern Brooklyn. And I'm all in on that race. We need to make sure that we elect Ari Kagan in November. But today, David Hirsch in Queens, that's where it starts. David Hirsch and Queen, folks, go do it. Go vote for David Hirsch this morning and make New York Republican again. <laughs> hey, uh, as always, Nicole, great job. Thank you so much. Good luck down at Ground Zero today. 
I'm proud of you. Like I said, you become a huge voice for our party. We'll do it again very soon. Thank you so much. Great to be with you. Thanks, Sid. All right. Nicole Maliotakis there from Ground Zero. Go out there and vote for David Hirsch today. 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Great Tina Turner, God rest her soul, the best. He was the best. She does now a couple of months. But she was something else, that uh, Tina Turner. You know, very few people know this, but back in 1978, at a little watering hole in the village, Lou Rufino actually banged Tina Turner in the bathroom. I think it was the uh, the red lion. Is that right? Yes, actually, yeah. the the uh, chameleon lion they called yeah. it back then. People don't know that story. <laughs> I um. But the, the guy from the band wasn't there, was he? Um. No, no. Uh, somebody. Uh, <laughs> Grateful, Von Hell? The Grateful Dead's uh, roadie was there. Oh, Grateful Dead roadie. But that's I right. Com- yeah. What worked was I commented. I said, Tina, your Achilles tendon looks unbelievable. <laughs> that's ah, no I Achilles look. tendon jokes today. Oh, oh, bad deck. My yeah, phone's sorry. blowing up. People are very excited that Joe Beningo is coming on, and he is coming up at nine thirty. This will be epic, Joe yeah, Beningo. Everybody epic. cannot wait. Oh, they can't wait. They can't wait. I'm sure Chris Olivero and WFAN are not happy about that because <laughs> he still does shows there, but he's my guy. We're also going to talk to Dove Hiking and Nancy May, so great stuff still to come. Folks, don't forget the Big Tunnel to Towers Foundation Walk Run is coming up this Sunday, Sunday the 24th, and all of us here at uh, WABC. It's actually next Sunday, right? The 24th is not this Sunday. It's coming up on Sunday, September 24th. Excuse me. And all of us here at WABC are encouraging our loyal listeners to donate to our individual team. So being I'm your favorite host, how do I know that? Look at the ratings. It's not even close. So if I'm your favorite host and this is your favorite show, as it should be, you need to vote for my, to donate to my team. That's it. Just go to WABCRadio.com, click on my picture, and you donate. 
Please help me raise the most money here at the station for this amazing Tunnel to Towers Foundation walk run. Again, it's Sunday, September the 24th. Let's never forget those that help America's heroes and the Tunnel to Towers, of course, near and dear to me. Frank Siller on this show yesterday was outstanding, losing his brother, Stephen. Let's raise some money, folks. Do it for our veterans, for our first responders and 9-11 victims. WABCradio.com slash walk. Click on my picture. I'm the handsome one. And donate today. Somebody donated a couple of days ago. Oh, Kevin Breslin. I'm the handsome one. So when they're going on the pictures, they're like, ugly. Oh, I think Greg Kelly's really handsome. (laughs) What about Dominic Carter? He's a handsome bastard. I mean, if you click on my picture, I can guarantee a very strong showing. All right. uh, We are going to talk to Beningo about the Jets. And I think I've been pretty good this morning with Joe Nolan, being he's the best traffic reporter in the history of the business, but he's also the PA voice of the Jets. I really haven't bothered him much about it so far today. So. <laughs> well, he's well, he's upbeat right now, so wait, yeah. till, wait till it goes along a little well, bit. Was it Joe Nolan who had to announce to the crowd at MetLife Stadium last night that Aaron Rodgers would not be returning to action? That's a good question. Joe, was that you last night? Did you have to uh, tell no. the... I heard, yeah, I heard the other PA. Oh, was it no, you, Joe? they put it up. No, no, we didn't do that at all. He, they put it up on the board. Yeah. That Joe was in the bathroom crying. He had to be consoled. <laughs> Vinny Testaverde and Joe Namath gave him a bubble bath in the third uh, quarter. <laughs> wasn't it great to see Testaverde yesterday? That was awesome. No, that wasn't great. That was field. an omen of things to come. Joe, he got hurt right. in week one, too. Joe, what, what, I mean, what, what an omen. Vinny Testaverde got hurt the same injury week one with the same expectations. <laughs> That's his answer. You didn't put that one together. Good point. You didn't put it together. He did. He's he like, just oh, my God, you. Sid's right. <laughs> Sid's always right. I mean, you know. But still. No, but I love uh, it was great. Listen, Vinny Testaverde, and I never knew his father. I guess his father was Vinny, too. And they're from, I think, Elmont, Long Island. Yeah. And everybody loves that family. And he was a great Jet player. He was. But it is eerie how he went down the same way. And the expectations that year, too, was Jet Super Bowl. They just got to the FC Championship game the year before. Yeah. Crazy. Well, next man up. So, Zach Wilson, baby. Yeah, Here good luck go. with that. Yeah, good luck with that. Totally. Put your money down. That's like, Here we go. Next man up is like if Joe Biden goes down tomorrow, you've got Kamala Harris. It's analogous. <laughs> Brees Hall, man. Garrett Wilson. Oh, he looked guys. great. He looked great. Yeah, Brees He's great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my wife, uh, Danielle, just checked in, and she said, quote, I'm on the website. I'm donating to Greg Kelly. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> That's kind of funny. That's kind of funny. Enjoy your day tonight. Uh, so, are you happy, Joe? Yeah. Now you got me good, right? Now oh, you got That's awesome. That's awesome. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Tried to make it Sunday, but I got so damn depressed that I set my sights on Monday and I got myself undressed. I ain't ready for the altar, but I do agree there's times when a woman sure can be a friend of mine. 
This one goes out to our dear friend Eddie's Kazari, his favorite song ever. This is America's Sister Golden Hair Surprise. Great group, great song. So I saw my friend Nancy Mace, congresswoman out of South Carolina, who's become a really good friend. I saw her on CNN this morning. She looked great. She sounded great. It was all good. But i got to ask her an important question. Nancy, good morning. How are you? I'm good. Good morning, Sid. How are you? I'm good. Aren't you in New York today? I am. I know. And I'm so upset. I'm not in person this morning. What happened? You're supposed to, to be ha- here. I have to haze my staff <laughs> yeah. but on your behalf. They, so I'm like, I'm up here and they usually they stack me up with interviews. I do all the networks, all the things. And I was like, uh, time out here. We were supposed to do this one in person. <laughs> so I am so sorry. But I w- I'm going to be back um, in two weeks. I'm doing The View. And I told my, I literally told my comms director, Will, who's a great guy. I was like, we are doing this one in person when I'm back. <laughs> All right, good. So, so, so this yeah, is so, so wait, so, so I saw you this morning on CNN, mm-hmm. and then you're coming back to two in two weeks to do the View. Are you sure you're a Republican? <laughs> I, am, you know what, but you know what, someone has to hear that message. Like I'm carrying this message of conservative common sense. You know, I do CNN, I do Fox News, I'm doing WABC, I'll do MSNBC because somebody has to hear. That message, you can't live in an echo chamber and just talk to people that agree with you. You have to go into the hornet's nest, including the view. And my mom is with you, said. She's like, I'm sorry. She's like, are you crazy? (laughs) And I was like, no, but the people that are watching that need to know that there are common sense Republicans out there that make a lot of logic, make a lot of sense, and make a lot of moves and are successful, and they can get on board with. I mean, if we want to win next year, we got to talk to everybody. We can't be afraid. And you know me, I'm not scared of anyone or anything. We can't be afraid to go into the lion's den. No, I agree with you. I think it's great. I think, uh, in fact, Bill O'Reilly, who's a dear friend of mine, he's on every Thursday. He goes on with that uh, biatch Chris Cuomo every Wednesday night, which is great because he's got that damn audience. So I think what you're doing is great. I just don't know how, when you're trying to get out mm-hmm. a point, for example, a really good point in two weeks on The View, and those animals, Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg and Sonny Holston, oh, cut wait. you off. Oh, I can't wait. What I are you going to do? They're going to cut you <laughs> oh, off. No, though. I'm just going to tell. No, I'm going to tell the truth. I mean, you know, and that's the thing. Like, it's it's a, it's just so important to carry that message to to talk to people who disagree with you, even when they interrupt you. Uh, you know, and to return fire. I mean, you just you just have to be that way. We have to be that way going into next year because there's a lot of uh, lies being told out there there are a lot of mistruths and there's a huge lack of common sense and i want to show america that republicans we have good sense we have good policies and we can make our country great we can get ourselves out of the situation we're in today we can re we can uh take back a lot of the the decisions that biden has made to make our country worse and we can do better i mean that's the message well it's a great message nancy may south carolina i did bring nancy up when the president was on with me last friday i brought up four mm-hmm. women because it had to be fair so i brought up carrie lake and i brought up tulsi gabbard and i brought up christy Noem. but of course uh, what was the very first name i mentioned when i said you must have a female vice I president know. yeah 
numero uno, and I cannot thank you enough, which is why, you know, I love you so much, love WABC and love your show so much because you've been so good to us. You you sort of, you get it. I mean, you get where the country needs to go. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Nancy. Let, let's get to uh, some of the things you talked about on CNN this morning. In fact, the guy who mm-hmm. did the interview actually did seem very respectful. It was a nice interview. And you talked a lot about Kevin McCarthy. He's got a very, very full plate, the House GOP leader. It wasn't mm-hmm. even the Biden stuff. Let's get to the possibility, probability. What word would you use for the government shutdown? No, I think it's, I think it's, I think there's a 50-50 shot that the government shuts down at the end of the month. And you know, there's some talk, you know, underway about the impeachment inquiry, which I will support because I want Joe Biden's bank records. And that is one tool in our toolbox that we can use to get those. It makes it easier for us. But, you know, they want, they want that for, you know, getting on board with the spending package and the CR. Well, I'm not voting for a continuing resolution. I'm not voting to send your daughters, your grandchildren's, their future down the river. I'm not selling our children out for more debt. And so, like, the two things are totally separate. They should be separate. Um, and we've got to get Republicans and Democrats on board to say enough is enough. Like, I don't care what your political affiliation is. Call your member of Congress this week and tell them to stop it. Uh, we can't continue doing this. And on top of the spending, there are all these, you know, there are going to be these supplemental bills, supplemental appropriations bills, because, you know, the government isn't spending enough of your money. They need to spend more. No, just say no. This has to stop. And Republicans and Democrats alike, they're both doing it. It's not one or the other. They're both spending us into oblivion right now. Oh, Nikki Haley said that on the debate stage that night. She said, yeah, don't she's just, right. yeah, no, she is. She's, uh, picked up a bit, looks like in, uh, Iowa up to about 7%, mm-hmm. but, and Trump uh, has gone from 62 to 51. If you believe these polls, I don't know. Uh, DeSantis has also dropped from 20 to 14, but Trump still has a massive lead. But Nikki did make that exact point you made just now. And Trump also mm-hmm. did ask a couple of weeks ago, why is it taking so long for this impeachment inquiry you brought up moments ago that you're all for it? So is Kevin McCarthy. Why is it taking so long to get that thing done? Well, we've been in recess for the last five or six week or, weeks or so. That's part of it. And, you know, part of it is, is bringing all the, the groups together. We have the five families. I'm an island of one, so I <laughs> do my own yeah. thing. But we have these, we have multiple groups within our caucus that have different viewpoints, and you've got to talk to everybody and then build consensus on what that looks like and what it means. The thing that I was concerned about early on, I'll tell you, is I didn't want an impeachment inquiry to impede the House Oversight Investigation or House Judiciary or House Ways and Means. Those are three concurrent you know, investigations happening. I don't want those taken off because there is good work that's happening there. And then to understand this week that it'll mean an inquiry will mean we can get a better chance of getting Joe Biden's bank records because that's where the bodies are buried. Like that's what the American people need to see. If they've seen what I've seen in the SARS reports, they ought to see Joe Biden's bank records. I mean, this guy, what his family was doing, I believe will prove out in those records. He's such a Low life, Joe Biden. <laughs> I know it's an, he's an old man and he probably deserves more respect than that. But what he did mm-hmm. yesterday for me was the worst lie he's ever told. And he's told bad lies. He talked about Bo Biden dying in Afghanistan. His son who was a good man, yeah. by the way. He died in the hospital, mm-hmm. you know, here in the United States. He talked about that kitchen fire in Maui, which never happened. Yeah, I was just going to bring that up. Exactly. But yesterday was the worst one yet. Play this loop for Nancy Mace and the audience. Joe Biden cut number 17. I've done this all morning long. Then you tell me, Nancy, what was wrong with what Joe Biden said? Cut number 17. To renew our sacred vow, never forget, never forget, we never forget 
each of us, each of those precious lives stolen too soon when evil attacked. Ground Zero in New York. And I remember standing there the next day and looking at the building. I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastating. What was wrong with what the president said there? Was he not there the next day? He was not. Exactly. He was in Washington, D.C. Wow, the guy lies. The guy. But, 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 but Nancy, you're not, now you're, talk, you're not yeah. talking about graduating at the top of your class. He lied about being at a sacred place like Ground Zero nine yeah. eleven. How I'm disgusting not. is yeah. that? It's just, and you know what? He's, you know, he he did his nine eleven speech. Never forget in Alaska. Alaska. Like, I, I, well, I'm sorry. What do you know? You're not in New York. Do you even know where you are right now? And why aren't you in the city of New York? Why aren't you at Ground Zero on nine eleven? The first president since nine eleven not to be in New York, you know, during uh, this remembrance. And he's in he's in Alaska. Even Sarah <laughs> Palin lying about it. I know, even Sarah Palin was in New York. <laughs> And yeah, and even there. worse than that, did you see what the administration did yesterday? Giving they're going to give six billion dollars to Iran. I'm sorry, what you announced this? The 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 head of, of t- state terrorism in the world, Iran, and you're going to give them six billion dollars, yep. yep. and you're announcing it on 9/11. What the hell is wrong with? They this? are so toned okay, up. The the uh, they are, and I know, of course, uh, that goes to the hostages. They're going to exchange six billion to get the hostages, and we always want to get our people home. I get that, but you're right. On that day, Iran, and as a Jew. I know that the one country in the world today that would love to see Israel obliterated more than any other is they want Iran. To Israel. Yeah, of I mean, course. they want to flatten Israel. And it's, there's already a prisoner exchange. So why the $6 billion is what I want to know. And why the hell would you announce it on 9 11? Like, it's, such, it's so offensive to the people that died that day, to the men and women in uniform who lost their lives over the last 20 years fighting terrorism around the world. And we're just giving Iran a clean break. And, you know, there's going to be this delegation from Iran coming to the U.N. next week. And, you know, last year we had the world's best tennis player got banned from coming to the U.S. because he was unvaccinated. But we can allow these people who are who condone and defend mass murder of political dissidents in Iran into the United States. I don't understand. Like, this is not the precedent we want to set with America. Agreed. And, of course, you're talking about Djokovic, who just won again uh, this weekend at the U.S. Open. Uh, Last one, one of your uh, colleagues, of course, uh, Nancy's from South Carolina. We mentioned Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, a lot of real good folks. Lindsey Graham was all over Fox yesterday saying that on this day, 9-11, we talked about Biden and how disgraceful it was, but the, the open borders and uh, how easy is it for a couple of terrorists to just kind of run in with the rest of these folks? We know that are. after that, right, we mm-hmm. know that after that Afghanistan debacle, that uh, Al-Qaeda, the Taliban, ISIS, they're kind of regenerating. Was Lindsey Graham right or is he just kind of piling on? No, I mean, there are terrorists that are coming across the border. It is a huge problem. Million, I mean, millions and millions of, of folks every year, record numbers. We're going to have the highest number of, of terrorists, known terrorists, coming across our border this year than ever before. And Joe Biden is asleep at the wheel. And so is his administration. Really unbelievable. I know you have to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great to talk to you. Have a safe trip home. And, uh, We're going to see you next time. I, I make, I will, I make, I'm making sure of that. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, I thought we were doing this in person. Yeah. That's what I said. But uh, so we'll, we'll be back in a couple of weeks, and we will do it in person. All right, Nancy. All the love. Great job. Thank Thanks you so it. much. All right. Thank you. There she is, the great congresswoman out of South Carolina. Terrific conversation. She was great on CNN earlier this morning. She'll be on The View in two weeks. My friend Nancy May, still a lot more to do today. Dove Hyken will probably stop by. And, yes, the one you've been waiting for all morning long, coming up at 930 off of the what looks like season ending. 
Aaron Rodgers' injury last night. WFAN legend Joe Beningo coming up at 9.30. Keep it right here, folks, sitting friends in the morning. Friends in the morning. Seventy-seven WABC. Well, my daddy left home when I was three, and he didn't leave much to Ma and me. Just this old guitar and an empty bottle of booze. Now I don't blame him because he run and hid, but the meanest thing that he ever did was before he left, he went and named me Sue. Well, he must have thought that it was quite a joke And it got a lot of laughs from a lots of folks Seems I had to fight my whole life through Some gal would giggle and I'd get rid And some guy'd laugh and I'd bust his head I'll tell you, life ain't easy for a boy named Sue Johnny Cash, a boy named Sue I mentioned this earlier, I'll say it again What do they call these movies when somebody plays a real-life person? Is it a biopic? I think it's a biopic. I think the best one I've ever seen is, and a lot of you folks are going to be, really? But I mean this, is Philip Seymour Hoffman when he played Truman Capote. That was the best one I've ever seen. Now, look, Jamie Foxx was amazing as Ray Charles. Amazing. Uh, I don't count Will Smith as Ali because it was a stupid movie. They sent it on one fight. One. One fight in Ali's brilliant lifetime and great career. So I discount that. But I got to go with Capote, um, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, the late great, Jamie Foxx. And believe it or not, this performance by Joaquin uh, Phoenix as Johnny Cash. I know Reese Witherspoon won the Academy Award playing his wife, but Joaquin was outstanding. Was he not? Did you see it? No. Oh, he was great. Which Jamie Foxx one did you say? Oh, Ray Charles. That's that was the one yeah. I was thinking of too. Yeah, he, he was, was he was really great in that. Was great. I know there's a ton of them. I know I'm, I'm missing. I I kind of I kind of like I, I need a couple of more Raylets. I like you guys to do the la la la. Just <laughs> you just got you know be cool. That's all. It's got to sound cool. That's very good. That's all I do. Now yeah. I'll be playing this part. <laughs> You, you know what I like. You know what I like. Very good. Anyone uh, that comes to mind for you guys? Any other biopics that come to mind for you? Uh, Noam Layden? Or, uh, you got one, Noam? John, Joaquin playing Johnny Cash. He was Johnny Cash. Yeah, so you agree with me. so good. Yeah, I you agree. agree. Yeah. What about uh, when Ben Kingsley played Gandhi? 
God. Oh, but it yeah. won. I you... worked. I worked at a movie theater when that came out. <laughs> no, you didn't. In college, yes, I worked uh, there for like five. That was on the entire time I worked. I think for five months. Yeah. I think it just never stopped. At a... <laughs> it was long. It, it was like nine hours. Oh, I know it wasn't a biopic, but how about John Travolta's performance as John Gotti? Oh my God, it's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Even though it was a parody, but John C. Riley as uh, Dewey Cox. Oh, great. now you've named it. Yeah. John C. Riley, <laughs> Dewey Cox. Dewey Cox, sure. Dewey, a fake oh, movie, that was right. so good. It's right up there. Mike Sullivan checks in, and he said now, Al Pacino and Dr. Come. Kevorkian. Here they come. Yeah, no, oh, they're going to come fast and furious <laughs> now, but I didn't even see that, I don't think. Do you see Pacino as Kevorkian? No. I didn't see that either. I don't know, but you got to die. I don't know. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Everybody's got to go sometime. All right, so here is a uh, a story that just broke, and I'm sure you'll talk about this, Noam. What's that? It's breaking news. Far-left activists have stormed U.S. Speaker Kevin McCarthy's office. I've been talking about Kevin McCarthy all morning. I just mentioned him with both... Nancy Mace and Nicole Maliotakis, and which Lowry all morning I've been mentioning Kevin McCarthy. A very sad day for democracy. Will they be thrown in prison for years for this? The radical activist stormed McCarthy's office to riot in favor of a five-year reauthorization of PEPFAR. This comes from Colin Rugg on X, which used to be Twitter. And that, folks, I'm not sure if they were armed or not. But that is no different than what we saw on January 6th. That's an insurrection. Now, of course, January 6th was not an insurrection because they weren't armed. That may be the same case with these people. But if you're going to consider January 6th an insurrection, this would be the same. So with that, let's break. Noam's got the news at the top. Then we'll talk to Dove Heikind and Joe Beningo. Been a great Tuesday show. It continues right here on 77 WABC. Well, I knew that snake was my own sweet dad from a worn-out picture that my mother had. And I knew that scar on his cheek and his evil eye. He was big and bent and gray and old. And I looked at him and my blood ran cold. And I said, my name is Sue. How do you do? How you gonna die? 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help. Folks that may have forgotten, this song, Tom Sawyer by Rush, was what opened the I Miss in the Morning show every morning for many years. You had forgotten. What happened to never forget, Lewis? No, I, how did you know I said I forgot? You made a face like, oh, no, God. No, I pushed that out of my mind. Oh, it you don't want to hear about that. Yeah. You would hear song. that beginning of the song, and then you'd hear, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and then I'd be like, I'm sick, can you say something, you dumb bastard? I'm choking here. I know he would stand. And people are like, oh, my God, he's so great. Would stand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so, 
Leslie Slender's like in the back. Oh, my God, he's a vice tabber. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm staring at Charles, and you think oh, he oh, would talk. Oh, fat bastard, Rob, can you do something? I'm dying over Everybody <laughs> just stared while he well, choked. Well, Bernie, me, and Lou are laughing. That's a, the best ever. Yeah, nobody like him. It's like you were all just sitting there hoping he would just uh, yeah. kneel over. Well, you know, well, we, well, how many times you actually said that on the air to him? <laughs> would you just die already, you son of a bitch? And now he is dead. Now I'm sad about that. But Well, that makes one. Well, I'm the only one, but I'm actually sad <laughs> yeah, about it. Sad. Today is uh, Neil Peart's uh, uh, heavenly birthday. He died. The drummer for Rush. Here. Yeah, appeared. <laughs> I, I think I've screwed it up like a hundred times already today. But like I said, no one has ever got I know. Name right. You just have a regular name. <laughs> yeah. It's called Kurt. Yeah, he's dead like I'm his. <laughs> Joe Beningo will join us coming up at 9.30. This uh, Aaron Rodgers injury, brutal. We're going to find out he's going to be gone for the year. That's coming up this morning when that MRI comes back official. But there is a, a big to-do tonight, and uh, it's end Jew hatred. Now, I don't know the details for this. But uh, something, uh, one is the Imus biopic. That's a good one. You know who would have played Imus was, uh, but she's dead now, was Phyllis Diller. She would have been perfect. She looked just like Imus, but she's dead too. So. Or Estelle Getty. Or Estelle Getty, even better. <laughs> yeah. I will credit Bernard for that one. That yeah, that was his. That was Bernard's, yes. yes. God bless good you, Bernie. Bernard. We love you and miss you. Miss you. Funny. And this is prostate cancer months. Go get checked this morning, gentlemen. But um, this Andrew Hatred rally tonight, and I believe this still goes back to that CUNY disaster when that hateful girl spoke and, um, well, not just spoke, of course, but said some horrible, horrible things. Now, I know people that are going to this tonight. Um, I think Curtis is going to be there, Curtis Sliwa. Abe Hamra is going to be there, I believe. I don't know this for a fact, but he usually goes with uh, Joey Borgen. And Dolph Hyken is supposed to be there. But Dove is stuck, although I have a feeling that being in Ireland is not exactly stuck. But that's where he is, calling us right now from beautiful Dublin, Ireland. You can appreciate that, Lewis. Is our good friend Dove Hyken, the king of all Jews. Good morning, Dove. Thank you, Sid. I am actually, it is a beautiful country. I'm looking out at the countryside. But I am stuck because I was on a flight back from Israel. Uh, the flight ended up in uh Ireland, and I got I got delayed here, so happy to be here, but I really feel terrible that I uh, cannot be at the rally, which I urge everyone to go to. You know, everybody out there said, as you know, is concerned. They fetch. They talk about it. They tell us how terrible things are at CUNY, the anti-Semitism, the hate. And on top of everything, they just hired, like, this major anti-Semite, Lamont. I mean, can you believe that? I mean, of course, that, I believe it. That is insane. So I, I, you know, I was, I was getting off a plane this morning in New York, and I was going to be there this afternoon. And I urge everyone to be there. We need to continue to stand up and to demand action. Right now, uh, Sid, I got to tell you, I don't think CUNY, I don't think the the uh, board, uh, and and Bill Thompson is a good friend of mine, but you know, you got to have real guts you gotta be you gotta have real strength to be able to address what's going on it's a cesspool at cuny i mean no other group hatred towards no other group said would be tolerated the way jew hatred is tolerated it's like it's like the new thing you can hate jews you can denigrate jews you can 
You can beat up on Jews, but, you know, we're the privileged class uh, and, and, and the system gets away. No one gets very, very excited. In fact, all the things we were so excited about, the horrible anti-Semitic speeches at CUNY Law School, uh, Lamont now teaching a professor at the graduate school, uh, nobody's getting very excited. Uh, do you see any uh, Democratic elected officials, members of Congress and others, yelling and screaming and speaking out? Now, let's just remember one thing about Lamont. Lamont wasn't fired from Fox. He was fired from CNN. Mm. I mean, that tells you everything about this guy, vicious anti-Semite, vicious anti-hater of the state of Israel and the people of Israel. So, again, talk is cheap. People need to show up today at 530 at the Graduate Center at 42nd Street in Lexington. You've got to be there. You can't just talk about it. And uh, and, and on top of that, uh, Sid, uh, to be honest, I said this before on your show we need to be tougher. We need to be stronger. We're going to go there today and say, you know, fire this one, fire that one. All very, very nice. But we need to act like tough Jews. And I know what that means. And we are not there yet. But that's what's coming next, uh, Sid. It's, you know, look, we got to do what we got to do. We're going to be there. But, uh, you know, our strategy has to change so that we're noticed. We might, you know, got to make things a little miserable for the members of the board of CUNY and some of the professors there. Make their life miserable because right now they're not taking us seriously. No, they're not. They don't care. And uh, these rallies are great. Now, you know, I love these. And again, Curtis is going to be there. That's going to be a huge help and the usual suspects. But we uh, we, we need more. By Teshi Organbaum is uh, texting me now. Now, Joe, did you get stuck in Ireland on the way home from Israel? Is that why you're there That's right correct. now? correct. Uh, yeah. On the way yeah. home from Israel. I was on a Delta flight. The flight, uh, for whatever reason, ended up in uh, uh, here in Ireland. It wasn't supposed to. And uh, thank God I got a flight, uh, which leaves yeah. in about two hours. So I would have been there. I mean, my God. No, I know. Listen, you don't, you don't, you don't, got, you don't got to say that. We know you're the one and that. I want to I tell you something else. I'm committing to you. And with Curtis, God bless him. We are going to uh, ramp things up. It's time for a little civil disobedience. And I want to join Curtis and others. We want to get arrested at treaty. We want to send a message to them that business as usual is over because they're getting away with it right now. You know, we're yelling and screaming, Sid, and you know that. And they're like, no, I don't think they're. I don't think they're losing any sleep. No, they're not. They don't care because nothing's changed, as far as I know. That young lady, that uh, person who made that speech, she's okay, and nobody got fired. I asked for weeks and weeks and weeks uh, publicly on this station on the number one show to fire the dean of students. That never happened. You know, I tell you this all the time, Dove, and and our people get attacked all the time for doing nothing more than wearing a yarmulke in the street, but. We don't seem right. to fight back. You know, I, I just want to say there's got to be one time where one of our people turns around and punches one of these son of a bitches right across the face and defends themselves. Instead, we end up bloodied in the hospital somewhere, and, and you end up doing the talking for them. And I'd like to see Jewish people be more physical, not just at rallies, but be more physical in defense of themselves. Start to show people that you can't rub us up like this. Yeah. By the way, the chairman of uh, CUNY, of the board of directors, uh, Bill Thompson, Jr., who I've been in touch with, he's a pretty decent guy. 
I'm not sure how strong he is in really dealing. He gets it. He understands. He actually, and I want to make this clear because some people are debating this, he actually got rid of the president of CUNY, of the graduate school. Now, some people are saying, uh, uh, oh, she was going to leave anyway, but he got rid of her. I had a conversation with Bill Thompson, and Bill Thompson warned this woman not to hire Lamont, warned her. And when she went ahead and did, she was removed. She was fired, Sid. I want to make that very clear. That is something positive. Not enough by any means, but Bill Thompson and the board actually notified the the head of CUNY Graduate School, start looking for another job. So that is some progress, and that is a fact that Bill actually shared with me. The chancellor warned this person, don't hire Lamont. And she said, go to hell. Wow. You know, I've got a question here from uh, Heshi Organbaum. And uh, he wanted me to ask you about the JDL. You know, what exactly is that group today? I know that uh, it's a lot different than when I was a kid. When I was a kid at Solomon Schechter Yeshiva on Church Avenue in East 5th, even when I was a little boy at Ocean Primary Day School in Canarsie, the JDL was a, was a bunch of pretty tough guys. I mean, they would show up and... Hey, I said I was part of that. Yeah. We, we, we confronted the bad guys. Anti-Semites would not call me a dirty Jew and walk away and smile. That didn't happen. Jews were tough. Jews stood up. We studied karate. We studied how to use nunchucks, and we studied other things as well. So, unfortunately, that's, uh, uh, we need to go back to some of it. You know, the, the bad guys out there, they have an image of the Jew. You don't have to worry. You can go into a Jewish neighborhood, beat up a Jewish kid, call him a terrible thing. Guess what? The only thing that will happen is, is another Jew will video it. Right. That's true. You're right. And would even defend his own friend, the JDL, exactly. the ADL. They're right. not what they used to be. And, and we talk about this, too, because uh, we are honest. We are honest on this show, and the overwhelming majority of attacks on the Jewish people are brought on by black people. That's the bottom line. We, we say minority because we – yeah. so, so, And the ADL, yeah. the ADL, right, has refused to acknowledge that. Shame on them. You know, they talk about anti-Semitism. They, they, they do it very well. They do their reports. But what's going on in our backyard, your backyard, my backyard, Jews getting beaten up on a regular basis, uh, anti-Semitic acts like we've never seen before. ADL did a report. Do you think they mentioned the attacks emanating from the black community? Of course not. Listen, listen, we've got a black mayor who went to Israel. Israel, where, of course, if an Israeli is attacked, it's by a Palestinian. It's not like the Palestinians are on the streets of Brooklyn. It happened once, I get it. But uh, why would he go to Israel to learn about anti-Semitism? All Eric Adams has to do is go into his own neighborhoods and say to people, his his people, his African-American people, stop attacking the Jews. Why does he have to go to Tel Aviv to do that? Yeah, well, Sid, he's uh, on a world tour uh, uh, going to different countries, uh, to figure out if I anti-Semitism, especially countries where there are no Jews. Uh, as you know, he went into Greece recently, a conference on anti-Semitism. Now, all that is very good. He wants to educate himself on anti-Semitism. But what I want to know, uh, and I like the mayor to a certain extent, but I want to know, 
You know, there's a word in Hebrew called tachlis. Bottom line, talk is cheap. Action is what matter. And right now, we got no tachlis. Well said. Well, listen, enjoy Dublin. It's a uh, it's a beautiful city. I don't know that firsthand. I've never been there, but everybody I know that has, Bernie, Lou, all of them, love it there. And uh, we'll see you back in the States tomorrow. You won't be there today in body, but you'll be there in spirit. Um, absolutely. And I beg and plead people. You know, it's nice to be on the Internet. It's nice to send your messages. But if you're not going to physically show up and be there, then you are full of shit. Oh, my God. I'm serious. No, I hear Enough you. is enough. Yeah, you're right. Now, Good for now, you. Now, if, you're, if, it's impossible, if it's impossible for you to get there for some reason, you're handicapped or something like that, yeah. you need to be out there. Our enemies are out there all the time. Yeah. They rally. They demonstrate. They, they burn police cars. They destroy property. We Jews are very, very nice. You know, we support these things, but we can't show up. We're too busy. We got to go home. My wife is waiting for me. You got to be active or we are in we are in a massive disaster situation. Be there. Go out. Spend the time. Dove, I love you. Thank you. That was impassioned and beautiful. And you're the absolute best. Get back safely. We love you. That's uh, three curses on today's show. Thank you. Mike Lawler cursed twice, twice at 645 and Dove hiking. That's three in one day. That is, that's when you know you're having a great show. I think I'm like aroused. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Lawler and hiking. very happy today. I love it. These people are passionate. All right, before we get to Joe Beningo, you want to talk about passion. Nobody more passionate in the history of Sports Talk Radio. Nobody, and of course, with what happened last night with Aaron Rodgers, we'll get to Beningo momentarily. We do spend our time, this time every Monday morning, talking to our good buddy Dr. T, Arthur Turovitz, NJ Diet, lose a contractually guaranteed 20 to 40 plus pounds in just 40 days. Start today, 855-5NJ-DIET or log on to njdiet.com. So, Arthur, uh, we'll get to football momentarily, but I know this weekend you're, you're the biggest tennis fan I know next to Chris Russo. And what an amazing weekend. Djokovic wins again, number 24. But I was at the Giant game on Sunday night, that disaster. And at one point, there was a young lady in the Giant end zone blowing kisses to the crowd and getting a huge ovation and her name is Coco Goff. What a great weekend for tennis fans, yes? Oh, it was, it was amazing. Coco finally winning a major. Uh, looks, uh, she's very, looks very, very promising. Unfortunately, she beat my favorite tennis player, Arena Zabalenka. We talked about that last time. But uh, she played great, so I have to deal with that. She, Zabalenka already has one. And, yeah, Djokovic was uh, phenomenal, number 24, uh, ties with Margaret Court, which really doesn't matter because she didn't really play with other, uh, it wasn't even the open uh, time during for that. So they didn't, they didn't even leave, let professionals play back then. But yeah, an amazing weekend, amazing tournament, amazing uh, tennis time. I wanted to ask, did you have you and Robert Sala ever been in the same room together? Yeah, I get that all the time. Doppelganger, me and the Jet coach. He's younger and um, probably a little more handsome. I can admit that, but no, well, we definitely uh, I, a little bit more handsome. Yeah, when he got hired, I got like five thousand tweets. I swear to God, oh my God, Sid's a new coach of the Jets. But uh, look, uh, we know about the Rogers thing. We'll talk to Bringo about that coming up. The Jets got the win, yeah. but I tell you what, uh, there were a lot of home dogs this weekend. The Jets were a home dog last night. They won, but. 
Uh, the Giants were a home dog. They got blown out. The Steelers were a home dog. They got blown out. And people loved all these home dogs. I love the Steelers. I love the Giants. Uh, one home dog people loved. They loved them was the Patriots, despite the fact your Eagles had been to the Super Bowl. And you guys didn't play very well. But guess what? You won. You covered. And the Eagles yep. will be back on Thursday night. How excited are you for the 2023 version of the NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles? I am holding off a little bit based on what I saw the first time. They had a little bit of a, uh, of a Super Bowl hangover, I think. And, and the coach even said that he should have probably played some of the starters a little bit more during the preseason. The offense, defense looked great uh, for the most part. The offense uh, did not look very good. I thought Mac Jones looked much better than uh, or Mac, Mac Jones. Is that his name, the quarterback of the past? Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. I thought he looked better than Jalen, um, but I feel like I feel like they'll get better. Uh, I just uh, I hope they need to play a little. Listen, they got a target on their back now. They went to the Super Bowl, so every team that's coming at them is coming at them full bore. Uh, they're not. There's nobody taking the night off against them. So they really got to they got to step it up. They got to play better. Uh, but I'll tell you what, the Cowboys really put everybody on yeah. notice. That was, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it was the Giants being looking really bad or the Cowboys just, if it. If it's the Cowboys are that good, uh, we got oh, everybody's got a lot of well, trouble. We'll looked, see. Un, it looked unbelievable. It was unbelievable. probably it was probably a combination of both. And guess what? The Jets had the Dallas Cowboys next, coming up in yeah. Dallas next Sunday at four twenty-five. And the Forty ers looked great too in that road win over Pittsburgh. Christian McCaffrey now a full season in San Francisco. He had a long touchdown. Brock Purdy looks to be healthy again. So the yeah. NFC looks like it may be I some think. fun. We'll uh, we'll do it again next week. Good. Yeah, no, I said Josh Allen reminds me of what they used to say about Jeff George. It yeah. doesn't matter what defense, what defense you play against him. If he's on, it doesn't matter. If he's off, if he's off it doesn't matter. That's true. We threw four picks last night, and that Bills lost yeah. through the Jets. So. All right, Arthur, thank you so much. Right, there buddy. he is, folks. Talk to you later. Take care. Arthur Turovitz, 855-5NJ-DIET, or, of course, NJDiet.com. Lose a contractually guaranteed 20 to 40-plus pounds in just 40 days. We'll keep it with football when we get back. The Jets got the win, but a costly win to say the least. The world's biggest Jet fan and WFAN legend on a Monday, or a Tuesday, I should say, after a Jet game, Joe Beningo is coming up next. You've waited all morning for this. Here it is. A disaster. Joe Beningo coming up. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Getting back to Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Is this the year that Joe Beningo can finally exhale? It's been about 54 years. Well, if, if, it, if they won, then Joe Beningo, I mean, he'll lose all of his personality. <laughs> Because he won't be able to cry and moan right. about the Jets. That's right. It's true. You know, you say that, but he becomes irrelevant, Joe Beningo. He's irrelevant. Yeah, where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? Hey, oh, oh now I'm going to start complaining about the, uh, let's see, what team? The Mets. Oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> but You're right. you got to right. admit, hey, sis, he's hilarious. 
Uh, first oh. off, is just oh, he's Let me tell you, on a Monday morning after a bad jet loss, a Joe oh. Meningo rant, Phil, is as good as anything you'll ever hear. Ever. Ever. Yeah. He, he, listen, since he spares no one. He'll kill the coach, <laughs> players, he don't care. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, he'll, and then he'll occasionally just rip into the fans and just crush them, too. So. <laughs> it is time for you to start that's my good buddy Bill Sims was on the show last Friday, and we broke into Joe Beningo talk. By the way, this uh, Joe Beningo upcoming conversation is brought to you by my dear friend Pete Morgan and the fine folks at Peerless Borders. PeerlessBorders.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build the world's best borders. Pete is listening right now, I swear to God, on his phone in Santorini, Greece. He went for a tour of Athens yesterday. He's still there. He uh, It's seven hours ahead there. It's about 4.37 in the afternoon. The weather's been great. He missed all that bad rain in Greece. So Pete Morgan listening live right now from John Katsimatidis' native country, Greece, as we welcome in a guy that both me and Bill Sims agree the best in the business, Joe Beningo, after what looks like a devastating season-ending injury to Aaron Rodgers. So my first thought is Beningo's not going to be very happy, but wait, 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 wait. Maybe I'll be wrong. Let's see. Joseph Arthur Beningo, good morning, buddy. How are you? Well, let me tell you right now, Sid, I'm going to stun everybody because I am pumped up, okay? What? And I had, and I, and I want to tell you, I had Lou Rufino play Stop Your Sobbing by the Pretenders, okay? Because I don't want to hear the Jet fans all freaking crying, okay? This is a good football team. And I understand they lost the quarterback last night. I get it. But this team, last night was one of the gutsiest wins I've seen in the history of this franchise. This defense, with all the talking DJ Reed did and all that, well, you know what? One night anyway, they freaking backed it up last night, and they went out there and they kicked Buffalo's ass in the second half. Let's tell it like it is. They, the championship caliber teams, you know what they do on defense? They, they kick the crap out of the quarterback. They sack them five times, and they take the ball away. They had four turnovers. This is a good football team, all right? And what you got to do now, okay, and I'm going to tell this to all my friends, Jet fan brethren, the bottom line is this. Rodgers is gone. We can't cry about it anymore. It's the end of the That's it. It's done. Wilson's the quarterback, okay? They got to go out and they got to get some veteran backup. And I don't want to tell me that, you know, I don't care who it is, but Wilson's going to play. And what they got to do is this team has now to take the model from the Rex Ryan ground and pound teams. This team's got a big-time defense, probably a better defense than Rex Ryan had. Definitely a better defensive line. No doubt about it. Not even debatable. And with Sauce and Reed, you know, maybe not quite Revis and Cromartie yet, but they're, they're not that far away from it. All right? Okay? They can run the ball. Brees Hall. How about Brees Hall? 127. Guy coming off a major reconstructive knee surgery. He rushes for 127 freaking yards last night. First play of the game, he goes for 26. He has that 83-yard run that if he, you know, he, he, Maybe if he was 100% from last year, he would have broke it for the touchdown. Look, Dalvin Cook looked good. They can run the ball. You reel it in. Your offensive line will get better. They weren't good last night. I agree. You know, Dwayne Brown missed the block when Rodgers got hurt. I get it, okay? But the offensive line's going to be better. And this is a good football team. And you know what, bro? The, the expectation level has dropped now. This is almost a plus for them. The expectation level has dropped. It's dropped dramatically. And now they can almost sneak up on some people. This is a good team. There's no reason they can't go. I know the Cowboys looked great the other night against the Giants. What a disgrace that was if you're a Giant fan. I was there. And it, 
And it, okay, in and the Dallas ring, got great defense. Looked terrific defense. Michael Parsons, Dexter Lawrence, all these guys. They overran the giant offensive line. Am I worried about it? Yeah, I'm a little worried about it a little bit. But I, I, I feel good about this team. I really do. And you got to reel it in. You got to back Wilson now because he's the quarterback. You know, Carson Wentz, Gardner Minshew, Matt Ryan, all these guys, they ain't coming in here and taking, you know, taking this team to the Super Bowl. And there's no reason this team can't still win the division and go out there and make the playoffs. Well, I would say this. I would say this. I agree with almost everything. Uh, the, the only team I think that's going to be trouble for the Jets, even with that great defense, if the quarterback stays healthy, is Miami. That is a juggernaut on offense. Well, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see but, 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 know, but, let's, let's not get too crazy. No, 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 no. They, they will go, no, no, they, they will great. L.A. charges, their paper. I understand that. But team. they got a terrible coach. Brandon Staley stinks. I got Justin it. Justin Herbert is overrated. I don't want to freak it. Their defense is garbage, okay? I know it is. Listen, I know it is. And by week eight, Tua Tungavailo will be hurt, too, and freaking Mike White will be playing. So I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear about the goddamn Miami Dolphins. Okay? Well, I don't want to hear about. Well, it. I'm going to say bring this. Bring them on. If, you know what, Sid? Yeah. Bring them freaking on. If, if, if Tua is not hurt, you're wrong because the yeah, Jets, okay, the Jets, well, we'll the see, Jets can't we'll score. See, they we'll still, see. they still we'll can't see, score. See, Sid, we'll. See. Okay, I'm going to say this to you. The Jets still can't score. Zach didn't play well last night. They okay. got a special teams touchdown. They, they got a big kick. No, hold on a minute. So, Let me who cares? Ask it's Let one week. Was yeah. he any good? No, he wasn't great. Right. But did they gut it out and win the freaking game? Did they win, Sid? But How did your goddamn team do on Sunday night? Not very well. You know, nobody was hurt in that freaking game. I don't want to hear it. Joe, it's and a 17-game season. I don't want to hear about Miami. Yeah. I don't want to hear about New England. I don't want to hear about Kansas City. I don't want to hear about none of it. All right? Yeah. It's a 17 games. It's a, of it. it's a 17 game season. 70 years old. I yeah. got 16 games left in this season, <laughs> and there's no reason this team can't still win this division. Of course, there's a reason. Of, co- of course, I'm there's a reason. Tyreek Hill. Yeah, they can beat the crummy LA Chargers, paperweight team that they are. I don't want to freaking hear it. There's a reason. All right, there's Sid? a reason. I don't want to freaking hear it. I know, it. but there's a reason why your team can't do it. It's because your quarterback can't win we'll at the see. high school you know level. What, Sid? We'll he can't see. win. You know what, Sid? Yeah. We'll see. All right. All right. But let me go we'll back. We'll freaking see. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. No, I'm serious. This, I'm telling you. Go rip them. Go kill them. What, are you going to win five games? You got to win five, Sid? How many you got to win? With this defense, they'll win, they'll win nine win, or ten. They'll win nine games with this defense. Nine. Yeah. With this defense, it's a great They're going to win the division. You watch. All right. And when they do, yeah. make sure you come and talk to me about it. Okay? Well, wait a second. And all these Jet fans that are freaking crying, go cry. Go cry all the hell you want. This is the reality of it. You should be, if you've been around as long as me, you're not surprised. I saw Namath go down in the preseason. I saw Vinny go down week one. I've seen Pennington get hurt in the preseason. Sanchez, all of it. I've seen it all. I'm not surprised. I'll tell you, for getting a big win last night, you don't sound all that happy, Joseph. I'm very happy. No, I'm very happy. I'm pumped to the max. But I don't want to hear the crap, okay? Yeah. Just because this guy got hurt that the season's over and everybody's freaking crying. Bull, you know what? Well, when right? Vinny Testaverde got hurt, the team did not have a very good year the year after that. I mean, you had Tom Tupper, Ray Lucas, and Rick Meyer. But... If Bill Parcells would have went to Ray Lucas, I right agree. away, instead of waiting seven weeks, they finished yeah. seven and two that team to close the season out. They finished eight and eight. They would have made the playoffs if freaking Parcells would have not played five games with that absolute stiff Rick Meyer. <laughs> I agree with that. Wade Lucas okay, actually so played I well. I don't want to hear it, Sid. Yeah. And this team's defense, this is one of the best defenses in football. Let's let's tell it like it is. Agreed. 
Agreed. And if this team doesn't turn it over and they rein it in and they run the ball, you got two big time. Brees Hall, look, this guy, Brees Hall's a monster. And Dalvin Cook looked good last night too. Yeah. You throw, you throw in Michael Carter, this team can run the football. Mm-hmm. You rein it in. You still, you got a different defense, offensive coordinator with Hackett. I don't, know, I don't know how good he is, but he's done a lot of winning. And let's not forget this too. You still got Rodgers. Rodgers is coaching this kid. There's got to be something to that. And the fact that this kid went in last night, and I'm not saying he's great by any stretch. You know, we know the deal. He's awful. But this kid yeah. had no idea he was freaking playing last night. Right. He walks into that game, yeah. and they wind up winning the football game. He made one bad pass, the interception Milano had. It's horrible. And by the way, yeah. by the way, how about the roughing the passer when he got hit in the head and they didn't call it? Sal is freaking screaming, and that idiot John Parry, these freaking stupid rules guys, Sal, you know, Sterator and Pereira and Blandino, all these guys who I can't stand, okay? <laughs> They're stealing money from the freaking networks. Yeah. And this guy, John Parry, comes on, and he's like, well, he didn't really mean to hit him in the head. What, are you kidding me? Man. I'm still waiting for a freaking roughing the passer call. We didn't get one all last year, and we got hosed with one last night again. I'm freaking tired of it. Well, I think it's, it's official now. He's got a big chip no. on his shoulder, sure. and it's time to go no. out there and no. kick everybody's ass no. and show that this is a better team, and they can still win football games and still win a division without Aaron Rodgers. And that's my that's where I'm at. I'm pissed off this morning. I'm pumped up after that win. That was a tremendous win. This team never wins games like that. For them to get off the deck and win that game last night and shut down the Bills in the second half, give me a freaking break. Well, I think it's official. You've completely lost your mind at this point. You, I mean, you're just you're insane. You're I crazy. Am. I'm, I'm, I'm beyond insane. <laughs> because I don't want to hear all the crying by all the Jet fans. All these guys on Twitter. So, so wait, so you, so you expect oh, it's over? It's this, no. it's that. Let's bring. Let's see if we can get Peyton Manning out of retirement. <laughs> Give me a freaking break, Peyton Manning. So you think, in all, all seriousness, you really think the Jets are still going to win the division? You do? Yes. I okay. Do. All right. All right. And I'm going to remind you of that when it happens. No, I'm not going to pick up the phone. I mean, well, you and Tua Tunga Vailoa, okay? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, I guess that powerhouse Charger team. <laughs> well, they're a powerhouse. Uh, all I'm going to say is this. If, if a team needs a touchdown late in the game, I'm taking Tua over okay. uh, Zach I don't Wilson. Think I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. But I still want to see my defense go up again. Let's go. Bring them on. Bring Tyreek Hill, uh, Jalen Waddle, Moe's daughter. Let me ask you this. When bring them on. When, bring that right, geek head right, coach, Mike yeah, McDaniel. Yeah. Bring them on. So when you go to Dallas on Sunday and they stick it up your ass like 28-3, then what are you going to say on Monday morning? Well, we'll see. Let's see it happen. Well, if it happens, then we'll, then we'll, but if it happens and Zach Wilson, and Zach okay, Wilson throws okay, five at the seconds, God damn it, then what are you going to say? It's going to happen. Write it down now. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. If we win this game on Sunday against Dallas, call me again, and we'll talk about how they stuck it up our ass. All right? Make sure you do that. Make sure you do it, Sid. No, I'm serious. No, because Alavero's going to get mad. If I keep bringing you on every Monday, you know, I'm going to have to pay you at some point. Well, I'm, I'm not asking for money. I'm no. just telling you what the deal is. They're going to stick it right up your ass without any lube. Okay, it's going to be okay, it's gonna hurt. It's going to hurt. I hope they do. I it's can't gonna... wait. I can't wait. Can't no. wait. Just like Bart Scott. <laughs> Bart, yeah, Bart Scott. Can't wait, bro. Okay. I'm not Go bringing... enjoy your Giants. 40 to freaking Don't worry about this. We're not talking. No, Sid, enjoy it. We're not talking about the Giants. We're talking oh, about your lousy Jets. we won. Did we win the goddamn game last night? Yes, you did. or not? You did win the game, yes. And who we beat? Who we beat? The Arizona Cardinals last night? The who o- we beat? The overrated Tell Buffalo we Bills. Who we beat? The Houston the, Texans? The no. O- the overrated Buffalo Bills. Oh, they're very overrated. I agree with you. But yeah. everybody's got them yard at three-time division champions. It's amazing how my team wins, and it's always tempered. Wow, they're overrated. So if they go out and beat Dallas, you'll give me some BS. You know, well, Prescott, he's not any good. You'll give me something like that, right? Right, you will. I will, yes. You, you know. <laughs> of course you will. 
Go be, hey, hey, go beat the goddamn Arizona Cardinals this week, huh? Don't sure worry about my Worry you. about your own and then, team. And then you'll have no problem against the Niners on Thursday night. I don't want to freaking hear it, Sid. Okay. I'm tired of it. All right. Uh, well, let all the Jet fans cry, man. I'm pumped up. I'm ready for a season, and we're going to have a good year. This is a good team. <laughs> and you can cry all you want about Rodgers. I understand, Wilson. It is what it is. Yeah. We got to live with it. Six and eleven. Eight games to go, Sid. Six we and eleven. We got to win in four. What do you think? Four six. and thirteen. What six. do you think, Sid? Six and eleven. Six and okay, good. You want to make a bet on that now? No, no, I didn't think so. <laughs> well, I'm coming to your house on Monday morning to kick your ass if the Dallas beats you up. How about that? Uh, yeah, okay. Right. I'll come to your studio when we win. Oh, I would love that. I swear, that? I would love How's that. That's it. If, if the Jets win on Sunday and beat Dallas, you need to be in the studio on Monday, we'll and you can say whatever we'll you want talk. to me. We'll talk about it, Sid. All right. You call, if we win this game, you call me Sunday night, we'll talk. If you win this game, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about this. Okay. I love you. I'm happy your team you know, won. I love you, Sid. I love I'm, you I'm more. fired up today because I'm I tired can't of tell. the negativity. And I really, I'm, it's hard to believe that I'm saying this, yeah. but I am tired of the goddamn <laughs> negativity. All right. This was a brilliant con. You are so by far the best. You see why now me and Bill Sims said those nice things about you, Joseph? You see now why? You, you see? Know, I want to win, man. I'm tired of it. I really am. And this is why, and I tell you, but it's, all these people walking around, with Aaron, all walking around with Aaron Rodgers jerseys, this is why you don't buy these freaking jerseys. Until the guy does something for the team, what are you going to do with that jersey now? What are you doing with it? Okay. Well, I don't know. You want to buy a jersey? Go buy Source Gardner. Go buy Garrett Wilson. Go buy Brees Hall. Go buy Quinnen Williams. Don't be buying the quarterback that hasn't played it down yet. All right. Well, that was brilliant, Joseph. I love you. God, that, you know, that, I love you. Stop I love you even stopping. more. Chrissy Hine, the Great Pretenders, written by Ray Davies. Stop. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. <laughs> <He's insane. laughs> God bless you. Sid. Take care. This you is know, what, I love you. Sid. I love you more. He's I love the, you too. He's the best sports talk guy ever. Because there was nothing scripted about that. There was nothing scripted that was authentic. That's exactly the way Joe Beningo feels. And he may not be wrong. He may not be wrong. But it doesn't matter. His delivery is so great. It's sincere yes. and passionate. I'm telling you, he's the best sports talk guy ever. That's why he ever. is great. That I'm is, serious. There's no question How about great it. was that just now? He came on and told me he was pumped up and yelled and screamed at me for 15 minutes. I had to tell him to get off the phone with me because I didn't... <laughs> I wanted to hear it on the air. I, oh, it was I, so I, good. I got, I didn't, he was I so good. Joe Beningo, God bless you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. <laughs> Uh, folks, that's a heck of a show, a heck of a radio program, I must say. Mike Lawler, Curtis Sliwa, Rich Lowry, Nicole Maliotakis, Nancy Mace, Dove Hykind, and Joe Beningo. And from Neil Peart, the great Rush drummer. That's how we wrap it up today. Lou Rufino, as always, you're a genius. Same thing with you, Justin Ellick, Noam Layden, my whole crew. We'll be back tomorrow with a big Hump Day Wednesday Tunnel to Tower show. For today, enjoy the sunshine. It's a gorgeous Tuesday here in New York City. So from all of us to all of you, until tomorrow at 6, peace!